Hey everybody, we're back, we're back, just like the Ghostbusters in 1989, we are back. Little Schmuffin's fighting with a tissue on my floor. Hi Schmuffin. Yeah, she's been in here, we were talking earlier about shop, um, our television production stuff, not really about work, just about gear we want to buy and lenses, it's really... No one outside of our world would find it interesting at all. But Schmuffin was in here howling the entire time. She wants her wet food. It's and she hasn't gotten it yet, so she's she's a little moody. Uh, it's a full moon out there too. So, oh, is it really? I don't know if it's exactly full, but it's it's a it's a big guy. Well, you can't talk TV business without just you know food. So yeah. that's what it revolves around. Yeah, right. Yeah, the guys don't get fed. They're cranky and just like just like schmuffin but uh yeah we're the summer's leaving us squeeze where uh we only have a few yeah more. this this sucks it does and it doesn't as the older i get squeezer the more and it's probably as 100 percent do everything to do with our schedule the more i am ready for the fall weather today was like a breath of fresh air and if you live on the east coast particularly mm-hmm Pennsylvania was a gorgeous, breezy, like low, like low eighties, high seventies day out. No humid and humidity in the air. Um, I woke up. I went to bed last night and it was chilly in the room because we had the windows and the fans on. And uh, I woke up this morning. It was just the right amount of breeze coming in. It was. It, it's got me ready for. I've been. I bought a box of Halloween. The new Halloween Fruit Loops yesterday, and I'm I'm kind of ready for Halloween. I'm ready for the fall season. Yeah, I mean I am too. It's my favorite time of the year. But I had such great plans. I want to do so many things this summer mm-hmm. that just didn't happen. S- simple things like sitting in place, <laughs> um, looking at a tree. Okay. Uh, sitting in place, looking at a tree with. Uh, a beer and watching Woodburn in front of me. Uh, well, I mean, so I mean, I'm coming up on the third year anniversary of having my fire pit, my little uh, little chimney that I got. Yeah. Uh, from the in-laws, and yet to have uh, a single piece of uh, wood burned in it. Really? So. Yeah. That's not like you. It. J- I lo- don't get me wrong. I love fire. Well, I'm a pyromaniac at heart. I'm Saturday night. I want you to get that thing going. Uh, you know what? I'll give it a try. You I'll no, give it a try. No, no promises. Uh, well, it didn't oh. really rain this summer. It rained twice. Once for 30 days and once for 45 days. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then even yesterday. Yesterday was like kind of nice out. I'm like, oh, look at this. I'm thinking I'm going to open up the windows, get the fan going. The and humidity's kind of dropping. It didn't Do you know just why the humidity rain. dropped? Because it turned into rain. It didn't just Instantly, rain. Like it, out of nowhere poured oh this was like the initial one it was beautiful and sunny and like the humidity dropped and i'm like oh i was thinking about taking a kid out for a walk and all of a sudden it just quick shower out of nowhere and then it went away and yes and then it poured and then i had another nice water feature down in my basement oh no still coming in 
Yeah, but it works out that it runs along like the unfinished wall into a drain, so I don't have to worry about it. Other people around me are much less lucky, so I'm not going to bitch about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're uh, our sub pump's been working overtime, and but we've had zero water technically in the basement. It's like watching a fat kid do crunches. <laughs> I can say that. I'm allowed. You're a handsome boy. Sweet boy. Mm-hmm. So it's we've gotten a lot of rain a lot of rain there's the uh, mini mississippi running through my backyard every other day but uh it's you know ready for it to be you should over. start a little like casino boat on it and you know i should uh, start building we, we could dismantle that rad your set and make a boat out of it right or we could just use the damn thing <laughs> yeah, it'll, she'll float i'll use all that uh flex seal i bought for the under the stage you know, the thing that makes summer suck for me and you every year? Yeah. I bought all that flex tape and flex seal to prevent mm-hmm. dying under the stage. Let, let's use it for awful things. <laughs> like, be like, be like kids with matches, but adults with flex seal and see what we can do. <laughs> it doesn't work well, as advertised. Well, let's just see what we can make out of it. Uh, it doesn't work as advertised. Really? So. What the hell? Would uh, would duct tape just have done the same damn thing? Uh, duct tape might have worked a little. So I I bought a roll of Gorilla duct tape, mm-hmm. and I bought two rolls of flex tape. And Sticks and Joan Jet were due to go on stage that night, and it was supposed to rain, and it rained. But you should have just cocked it. I should have just I well I bought the Flex Seal spray. I should have bought the Flex Seal cock. But I'm pretty we sure just cock. I'm pretty it does the same thing. Sure, Connie from Mountain production would have killed me when he was trying to take his stage one part. Nah, you get the you get the simple stuff. It peels right off. Use the stuff that you use for your windows or like when you put an air conditioner in. It peels right out. Yeah, maybe next year. I should have come back there. Everyone else is just wandering back there looking for t-shirts. Oh, I can come back. Oh, yeah. What are you doing here? I have cock. Yeah. Okay, come on backstage. Oh, I'll, I'll be in a production meeting with Kesha's tour manager and Squeezie just walks by. I got a big cock oh, for oh, you. Wait, wait. Go ahead. What was that? Was that a name drop? Yeah, I, I dropped sticks in Joan Jett earlier. I don't know if you noticed it. Oh, yeah, but no. no. Yeah, I was in the middle I'm of sure a pr- production meeting with Kesha's manager, and a certain person came in looking for t-shirts, interrupted, and said, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm looking for t-shirts. <laughs> I don't like to bring the work stuff to the show, but I just like that. Someone I, just walked up looking for their, interrupted a production meeting asking for their t-shirts. If I had a uh, t-shirt, I could have strangled them with it. I would have. But uh, I would have, if you came back with a giant cock gun, I would have been, I would have said, hold on, sir. Kesha can wait. We've got cock. This guy has cock. This guy's got cock. <laughs> that might be a good, like, I, uh, Connie loves me. So I think I could probably get away with it if I'm like, hey, do you care if we cock up all the holes, take this thing out to sea? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Or you just go and get that damn fan boat that the guy has and turn upside down and hang, hang out underneath that. Yeah. Or in it and you just kind of float away. Yeah. yeah. I didn't die, though. I'm here. Yay. We survived Yay. another summer, Squeezer. Yeah. Football season is starts this weekend for us. Well, it already, already started for you. I already started for you. You want a name drop? No. No. I'm not gonna. No, I won't do that. No. Um, 
It was preseason, so like, no one. Yeah, <coughs> NFL. It's preseason. Preseason NFL, yeah. But football season is started for Squeezer. Starts for me this weekend. Dude, Indomigo Sue is a big dude, though. <laughs> big dude. I knew. I knew. That's why I was trying to stall. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so, it, yeah. I mean, if you think we're we live this glorious life of television, it's not. It's it's like. Some of the most beautiful loading docks I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. No. So, uh, what are we talking about today, Squeeze? We've got... Uh, oh, we are on... I don't believe this is only the second one. It's it's the second it, Well, it's official? the second... It's part two of this particular series, but we've done other cartoon episodes... And it blew my mind to go back and cause double check because I don't you know you know we don't like to repeat stuff. Even though we do kind of, but it's all right. Yeah, um, this was our second episode. Yeah, second. We're talking Saturday morning cartoons. And yeah, that was first one was Batman, and then uh, Saturday morning cartoons. So what was that like November of two thousand sixteen? Uh, yes, uh, two almost two years. We're got, we're coming up on our second year anniversary uh, in November. That's crazy. Yeah, we might have another live uh, appearance coming up. I don't know. I'm in negotiations. Squeezer. I want. Is that be- happening? Well, I want a better time slot, so we'll see. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm game. I mean, just I, let me prepare myself because you know how I am about you know people looking at me, <laughs> and I gotta I gotta buy the right shirt. You're you're very. And I need enough uh, ace bandages to hold everything down. Yeah, so beautiful. You could yeah. just wear that awesome uh, shirt that uh, Ferris Print sent us. Oh yeah. I, I might. I, wear... You know what? I will do that. Yeah. I'll plug the shit out of it. Right. That was really awesome stuff. Really cool stuff. I I got two of the Hulkster prints. One for me and one for Mister Knockers, who helped us out at. Will help me out particularly at Best Music Fest. Uh, those things are all. I can't wait to hang mine. Let everyone see this muscly, sweaty dude in my office. There's too much Ghostbusters. Not, I mean, there's not too much. You can never have too much Ghostbusters. Oh, how dare you? But I think it, it's, I think there needs to be a Hulkster in my office. I just got to get the proper. Honestly, if people walk by, like as infatuated as you are with the uh, Stay Puff, yeah, like we'll assume you'd be my size. <laughs> You're, if you're, it were you're, real. you're not you're, you're very you're you're husky at, at best. A husky at, at yes, I am husky at best, and I'm well beyond that, so I'm not at my best. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, uh, uh, so turn that around. Yeah, so I'm surprised with all the cereal I ate. Watching Saturday morning cartoons, I'm not a husky boy. Well, yeah, what the hell? Seriously, I know you your metabolism. You ate like what you, uh, the you, equivalent of four to five potatoes, <laughs> yeah, but, six to seven, eight strips of bacon. Yeah, but that most of that eggs, is most of that is keto, lo, like low carb Atkins. Except well, until the potatoes. you add in like the nine pieces of toast. <laughs> the butter. I mean, but very low yeah, sugar. It, it was very Atkinsy. Unless you um, poured ma- maple syrup over are, all of it. There are limits to that. You didn't pour maple uh, syrup over all of it, did you? You know what? I'm not a fan of, of, like, I like a little bit of legit maple syrup. Like, give me some, like, Vermont maple syrup, like the real shit right out of the tree. Um, that, if it comes in a bottle 
that looks like a lady that <laughs> was owned Butters by someone. Worth, all right, show some fucking respect. Um, I, I, I it's disgusting. I, it's just so sugary and sweet. I can't. Well, don't even forget a drop of it. Don't forget sugary sweet with artificial butter flavoring. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I prefer to melt my butter on my pancakes or French toast and then pour legitimate nut syrup. Actually, I prefer to dip. I'm a dipper. You're a dipper. I like it's a control thing. So it's fair to say why I was eating a big bowl of Ghostbuster cereal while watching most of these shows. You were eating various legit breakfast foods. Yeah, you know, or, or leftover pizza. That you would order at a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, I had a question. I don't know if we talked about this, but when you would eat your leftover pizza on Saturday morning, yeah, did you heat it up or did you eat it cold? It depends what I was doing. Um, what did you heat it up in? Ca- cartoons was cold. Okay. Um, video games was cold. The only time I would reheat my pizza is if I was watching um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to Secret of the Ooze on beta. Uh, it wouldn't have been on. I would reheat my pizza. See, unless you recorded it to beta yourself, it wouldn't have been on beta. No, I recorded it to beta myself. I was going to say, beta production ended in the early 80s. No, no, because I, I had tons of beta tapes, so I would, I, would, I would dub stuff, you know, wherever I could. Uh, okay, I should have known better. So you'd, what, how would you heat it up? Was it microwave, cast iron, oh, my, toaster yeah, microwave. oven? No, microwave. No, microwave. Oh. microwave. Yeah, that surprises me. I would have thought cast iron. Uh, no, I have come to appreciate the art of reheating in the oven. It just takes time, and I just I didn't have time for that back then. You know what I use for, like like thinner crust pizza, like the smaller pieces. I use a straight up toaster. You just throw a slice of pizza in the toaster. No, I have a special toaster just for che- pizza. Well, it's 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 Enchantress's toaster, and she doesn't use it, so it's my special pizza toaster. I clean it out. Don't worry. Don't get all up in my face about it. How, what doesn't the cheese just end up in like the the crumb tray? No. Some a little bit does. It's it, there's a cake like it's Enchantress well, right, has that one of those. Right there, that's a sin. Why? Do you then eat the cheese out of the crumb tray? <laughs> no, I'm not joking. All right, calm down. Do calm. you eat the cheese out of the crumb tray? I haven't, but fuck. Enchantress is like, I don't use it, but do you cook pizza in my toaster? Like, I don't don't cook pizza in your toaster. It's a really good All one right, too. Just do me next. They're starving children in Africa. Next time, eat your cheese out of the crumb tray. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, it's, obviously we're talking Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, I'm going first. Clearly. So, uh, I'm just gonna roll my first pick. Get get on with the show here. So this, if you don't know, is the theme song for Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, produced by Deke Entertainment in conjunction with the WWF back in the early '80s, well, mid '80s, technically '85. Um, uh, did you watch the show in first run? First run, probably not. 
see Chris and I did, my brother and I did. So it was it was what got me in the wrestling to begin with, and then I fell out of it and got back into it at WrestleMania six. Mm-hmm. So there was like a three four year lull, but this is what originated my wrestling fandom. Uh, it, it was it was the days where like anything got a cartoon in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties. Oh, oh, we will we will address that come my so the third pr- pick. The problem <laughs> with this show, though, oh, well, I, I, I wanted to go over a few things in my notes here. So mm-hmm. I have that Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling was CBS. I picked the show from every network. So oh, look at you trying to uh, yeah, I, I, I had a theme. Spread the love. So Wait, you think we're gonna get picked up? You never know. I got. Yeah. I have CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, and First Run's Indication all covered. Uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling was CBS's time slot, 10 a.m. in 1985. That's when it premiered. See me. You got some TBS in there? Uh, I only went uh, Network and First Run Syndication, which oh, was also yeah, Network. Yeah, well, I got some TBS in there, so take that. Uh, I got Conan on my side. <laughs> so there was... Uh, I also want to say that, that the number of episodes and see what's ranked up first. This was... Uh, number two on my list for the least amount of episodes. It had two seasons for 26 episodes. And it was, I guess if you watched wrestling back in the day, Jeffrey Scott from Deke Entertainment noticed that it was very cartoonish. And mm-hmm. so at the time, it was the faces versus the heels. So it was Junkyard Dog, Captain Lou, Andre the Giant, Wendy Richter, Superfly, Hillbilly Jim, and Tito, and Hulk Hogan's gang against uh, the heels, which were Roddy, led by Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, uh, Fabulous Mula, Big John Studd, and Mr. Fuji. The problem was, as the show, it took so long to animate these shows, and the wrestling storylines would change so often and swap oh guys made turns yeah so there were turns and that confused me as a child so i get why it confused a lot of people and a young brad garrett voice tall kogan in this show i don't know if you knew that really no yeah. sh- all right yeah this this show is full of tropes i i knew he i knew he did some vo work back in the day uh i didn't i didn't know he was hulk hogan uh, yeah. In my mind, as a kid, I'm thinking, well, he's in Suburban Commando. He's got to be in... Uh... So I looked up how he got the Hulk Hogan gig. He used to do a bu- like a Hulk Hogan impression to all his friends. So when the job... Oh, he used to... Did he do it on stage? I mean, he used to do stand-up, right, before he was... I'm sure he did. And I guess when the job came around, everyone was like, oh, you got to go do this. Your Hulk Hogan's on fire. And he saw that he was working with James Avery, Avery and a bunch of other like huge names in, in voiceover. And he was like, yeah, I'm in. It was like a fun mm. group. And Mean Gene Okerlund did his own voice in the, in the show. That's cool. I mean, you have. is there anyone that can do Mean Gene? No, Gene Okerlund. Like do Mean Gene right? I mean, no, Mean Gene is the king and he's the best. There was uh, a, a bunch of... Uh, Live action. It was so. It was, it was two like eleven minute episodes or ten minute episodes, uh, uh, bumpered and wrapped around with live action, with Hulkster mm-hmm. in a sh- shitty studio with kids around <laughs> and Mean Gene usually, and sometimes like Nikolai Volkov like taking apart cars and stuff. They had the other wrestlers in, but uh, the rapper, the live action wraparounds, 
and it had all the wrestling. It had nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. You know, there was babysitting, ballet, going to space, like car racing, monster truck rallies, nothing to do with wrestling. It was just, <laughs> it was basically wrestlers in a, you know, fucking DuckTales episode almost, you know, it's classic cartoons of the age. You, what a great synopsis. Yeah. Wrestlers in a fucking DuckTales episode. It was kind of it was it was yeah that's no, perfect. It had all the like the the bag of kidnapping when you kidnap someone in the bag. It had like annoying laughs like the big eaters Captain Lou and Andre the Giant ate like fucking pigs. You know, there's always the the guys always hungry eating big shit. Uh, there's a camping episode, um, circus episode, uh, the corrupt politician, uh, dieting, all every trope you could think of in the cartoon. Uh, this this I think that was like the thing with Deke. They'd like give him a like a packet of tropes, like hey uh, to the writers' room. All right, work these around your first two seasons, and then we'll get we'll we'll rework them in the next five. <laughs> uh, so, um, of course, the heels were creeps. Roddy Piper though made made a turn before. Like not too long after, like that's why they couldn't keep it going. The, the, like mm-hmm. you said, the turns. Uh, so, uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling for me is it, it was still always cool. I know I bought a uh, Deke would put out cassette tapes, VHS cassette tapes with two full episodes, which was technically four episodes on it, with a little like with like promos and bumpers in between. Mm-hmm. And I remember they, they they knew long ago the attention span of children. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I bought uh, one of those tapes from a grocery store in like 1992 or three at the height of my like wrestling fandom. And I'd watch it all the time. And it was hard to find back then. Now you could watch them all every episode on YouTube for free or pay for WWE Network. I think it's on there. What? Really? They're in, I'm surprised Vince hasn't. Uh, he might have. Well, he might have hosed them when he hosed everything Hogan, but at one mm-hmm. point they were on W because Vince owns them. Mm-hmm. You know, just like everything he does, like Deke produced it, but Vince owned it. So, uh, yeah, they're all on obviously YouTube, and uh, but back then you couldn't watch it. So at the height, I remember, I remembered when I got back into wrestling, and I was the biggest Hogan mark. You know this. You've seen mm-hmm. pictures. So I I wanted to watch this, and at the time it didn't make sense, like Hogan versus uh, Roddy Piper. And as a kid, you don't get the changing storylines. You still think it's real, goddammit. And like it should have been like Earthquake and Sergeant Slaughter as as the you know, shit heels, and not Roddy Piper and you know Big John Stud. And why the <laughs> fuck is Andre the Giant on the good guys? Because he fought Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania three. You know what I mean? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. He has short hair, not long hair. And, and, and why is he so well-dressed all the time? Yeah, what is he in a suit for, not a singlet? And a, why isn't he passed out in the George Washington <laughs> Motor Lodge? Why is he not just walking around with, like, a 30-rack of beers on his shoulder? Just Hello, pretty lady. Everybody want a peanut? I can't believe that was literally a two-minute walk from my house. Yeah, where he like I grew up right there. So, so if you listen to get your bingo card out, Squeezer. If you listen to something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, ah, oh, I already had it. <laughs> he, he often tells a story 
of Andre getting so drunk he passed out in the ho- a hotel lobby, and they he was so big they couldn't move him, so they just left him there. Uh, Bruce Pritchard filled in the holes. That was the Washington Motor Lodge, which if you're ever in the Lehigh Valley, the Home Depot off MacArthur Road by the mall sits there now. It uh, awesome sandwich shop in between. <laughs> you ever need a cheesesteak? Go to Home Depot. Yeah. They're delicious. It's one of Just hope that one the guy that's cooking them, his friend isn't there because like I ordered a cheesesteak and his friend walked in and finished it up and gave his friend mine and then had to start mine all over again. Or or if they're really hungry, they can go up couple blocks away to Stravino's and get a couple raw, a couple cocks of pepperoni to if you're in the neighborhood come on down I'll give you the tour to walk from walk from the home from the bus with I'm calling back to old episodes mm-hmm. oh it was delicious I was just there not too long ago got myself a pepperoni stick half of it got home <laughs> well it's pretty good for you uh, I had to put it in a bag and then throw it in the back because <laughs> I don't have self-control. Uh, well, oh, you would have eaten the whole thing? Oh, easily, clearly. And I'm pretty sure I had heartburn. I don't want to blame the half a stick of pepperoni, um, but most likely that was the case. It could have been the four Slim Jims I had before I left <laughs> work. Oh, you and I up. also had seven 16-ounce cups of coffee. Yeah, that's so, probably... The, the hole in your yeah. stomach is probably from that. So when Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling... If there did, was a hole in my stomach, I wouldn't look the way I do. <laughs> that's true. You're a sweet boy and very handsome. Hey! What? I said you're a sweet boy and very handsome. Oh, thank you. Uh, so let me... I wanted to do this for every show I have on my list. Uh, tell you the full schedule when I was watching. So I was watching this with my brother... At the age of three in fall of 1985. We were watching on CBS. It came on at 10 a.m. and they played two episodes back to back. It was so hot. But before that, at 8 a.m., the Berenstain Bears, which Chris and I were hot on. The Wuzzles, Chris and I also love this. Muppet what Babies at 9 a.m. Little Muppet Monsters at 9.30. Hulk Hogan's Oh, Rock- snap. Your- Go ahead. Do we have to make an edit? No. Go ahead. Oh, okay. It's it's from ten to eleven was Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, and then you know cartoons were over. They they do uh, CBS Story Break, Dungeons and Dragons, Land of the Lost, Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show, and the Get Along Gang. After that, but if you had gone to ABC at eight AM, you get the Bugs Bunny Show, you get Star Wars Ewoks, Star Wars Droids, the Superpowers Team, Galactic Guardians, the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Scooby's Mystery Funhouse, The Littles, and ABC's Weekend Special. And then on NBC in fall of 85, it started off with 8 a.m., The Snorks, Gummy Bears at 8.30. You'd get 90 minutes of The Smurfs, 9, 9.30, and 10 a.m. Smurfs mm-hmm. on NBC. I was all in. Punky Bru- it's Punky Brewster, the Punky Brewster cartoon at 10.30. Alvin and the Chipmunks at 11.00. Kid Video at 11.30, Mr. T at 12, Spider-Man and his amazing friends at 12.30, and then NBC Sports at 12. And I believe they kept that 90-minute Smurf block for a couple of years. 
There was uh, we'll get to it down the road. It's, oh man, I should have made that my number one pick. That would have been better transition. I'm just saying there were other shows that eventually had 90 minute blocks. Oh, all right, well it's a teaser, but well, you... well oh, it's a it is a teaser. Do we'll you want to set there. up your first pick? Um, sure. So we actually talked about this uh, quite well. I mean, we talked about this quite ad nauseum throughout the show before. Uh, we we all love Ghostbusters, right? They're great. I talked about my affiliation Ghostbuster action figures, uh, which were, of course, based off of the Filmation Ghostbusters cartoon show. It is really awkward, isn't it? Yeah. So, after, for over 10 years since the original Ghostbusters, and then two years after the Ghostbusters Ghostbusters, and five days before the real Ghostbusters, we were given the Ghostbusters, which, when when purchased on, uh, on tape, was... Filmation Ghostbusters, just because it's it. That's when you know you lost a battle. When you call yourselves the Ghostbusters, and then someone comes along and calls themselves the real Ghostbusters, and when it comes time to re-release it on tape, you have to brand yourself as the Filmation Ghostbusters because that's the name of your company, and one knows who you are because Ghostbusters is such a great phenomenon because someone pulled it right out from underneath you. And you didn't realize that by taking 1% on the back end, right. that Hollywood knows how to manipulate money, right. that you weren't going to see a dime. Right. They took, Come on, Lou. They took net points instead of gross points. Oh, what were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lou didn't make the, Lou Scheimer did not make the best decisions. I've listened to interviews talking about Lou Scheimer and the best of intentions, the worst of decisions for years. Yeah. Seems like you you want him to be your friend, um, but not your lawyer. You want to be your friend, but you don't want people to know that you're friends with a guy who looks like a child molester. That's not fair. Well, uh, I mean, isn't it? Was he? He looked like uh, he looked like he should be running. Have you ever seen him? He looked like he should be running a uh, televangelist show. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I always go to creepy on that. Well, I was, I was, yeah, was like, going to say, you know, it'd be nice. Maybe one day we'll have him on the show. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, in, in, in Lou Scheimer? Not in, this, not in this life, but maybe another one. Right, yeah. He, uh, I'm working on my time machine. Oh, I, was gonna I say. have a few things to correct. I'll bring Lou back with us. So, yeah, uh, Lou for all intents and purposes, uh, was the, uh, I mean, he's a product of Pennsylvania, so. And, and the linchpin to our childhood. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, he, he was, had a filmation for some time, and so. Do you think he actually punched Adolf Hitler? I hope so. So, the legend has it, but that were on Lou Scheimer, 
Uh, mm-hmm. He was a German Jew, and he had to leave Germany in the early 1920s. Really? With that name? Yeah, right. After punching a young Adolf Hitler in 1921 or 22, well before the beer hall pushed. Uh, he went to Carnegie Tech in Pittsburgh then, in Pennsylvania. So Interesting. Hmm. I'm I'm sorry. It wasn't Scheimer who punched him. It was his father. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah that would have yeah, ma- he would. Scheimer was born in Pittsburgh. That's what I meant. He's from Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. They went to they moved to Pittsburgh after uh, after World War One. After World War uh, One. One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Ghostbusters. Filmation Ghostbusters. It's almost weird. Like, you should call it the real Ghostbusters. Right. That's that's the irony of it. This is the real Ghostbusters. Right. Not the real Ghostbusters. Right. Uh, which was a work of Filmation and Tribune Entertainment, which, if Tribune Entertainment makes any sense, the Tribune, which is, you know, Chicago, Chicago Tribune. They own our local newspaper. Chicago. So... They also gave us, you know, Siskel and Ebert and Geraldo as well. That was also Ghostbusters, Geraldo, and Siskel and Ebert, all within the same family right there. What a great family. And this really was released five days before uh, the real Ghostbusters hit. So what happened was, I, and I think we've talked about this before, right? The drama behind uh, and all the tomfoolery behind uh, the movie Ghostbusters being released. And like, yeah, we came up with this idea 10 years ago in the 70s. We had a show with two guys and a monkey. Mm-hmm. And like, Gorilla. Hey, like, well, yeah, just, are you gonna, really going to correct me? No, I'm sorry. Are, you gonna, are we really going to get into our grape, great ape? <laughs> I was going to say grape ape. Grape ape. Grape ape. <laughs> grape ape. Grape ape. Um, so, they made a deal. They allowed Columbia to make Ghostbusters, which we all, you know, come to love. And then uh, with at that time, it was so hot. They're like, look, we still own the rights to this. They were going to make it alongside Columbia, an animated series. And then some guy goes and within Filmation or the parent company goes, you know, we got this. We don't need them. Right. So they make. We'll call it the Filmation Ghostbusters. Which, you know, gives you Jake Kong Jr. and Eddie Spencer Jr., the, the sons of the original guys from the 70s live action. Tracy the Gorilla returns. Because gorillas live forever. So these heir apparent Ghostbusters now live in a world where uh, ghosts are like a normal thing. It just, they come hand in hand. They even work in a haunted house. It's not a big deal. It It's that uh, they need to fight the evil ghost and like primeval. Right. That that's Who their main the objective Watchmen? now. What's that? Nothing. I tried to make a bad joke. Let's just oh, right, sorry, on. the dropout. I lost you, man. I, I said, "Who I watches the Watchmen?" Oh, yeah. Who does watch the Watchmen? Uh, and you know they they have their uh, elevator, uh, uh, their time shifting shit, their wardrobe shifting elevators and the sweet backpacks and like i said i had the action figures they were actually pretty cool and integrated nicely into my real ghostbuster collection sadly that's basically what you did with them they played they they played side characters to the ghostbuster world if you will um but it was like a world of ghosts like just normalized 
Um, Four. It, it helped. No. Here was here was the silver lining of it all, Squeezer. Mm-hmm. Causing the Columbia Pictures Ghostbusters cartoon to be called Real Ghostbusters now leaves us collectors and fans when we're differentiating between worlds. We're like, oh, this is an RGB, which is what us collectors call Real Ghostbusters. It's a Real ah. Ghostbusters. RG, this is an RGB Egon, not a GB2 or GB1 like uh, Egon. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, we we got that shorthand of real, so helps differentiate. Like, there's a difference between the RGB Stay Puff and the GB One Stay Puff Squeezer, and I know you know this, but yeah, yeah. Without filmation, we wouldn't have had this. We'd have to be like, oh, okay. So they, they gave me the co- the the collector coding yeah, came right. from filmation. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, and uh, and of course, and we'll get to this with other uh. Blueshimer, other filmation uh, animation, uh, the reusing and the um, frugalness of animation uh, was apparent in this. Just go back and listen. If you're a fan of podcasts, if you're listening to us, you must be a fan of podcasts. Listen to (laughs) any podcast interview you could find with Paul Dini. He was one of the creators of of a Batman animated series, he worked for Lou Scheimer and, and he did a lot of these shows and he will tell you great stories. Of Lou Scheimer actually voiced a character I will talk about in the next um Ooh. in the next in the next pick. But yeah, uh, I only know all this that Lou Scheimer voiced him because of Paul Dini's interviews. And I know all everything I'm gonna drop on you in the next pick came from Paul Dini, mm-hmm. so sourcing right now. Yeah, and I don't. I, I and I love Ghostbusters. The the real Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, uh, you know, Columbia '84, whatever you want to call it. And that and look, that's our Ghostbusters. But it, it's nice to have this history, and understand it, and just appreciate it. And you don't even have to like it. Did you ever watch any of the any of the shows? Oh, yeah, I told you. I like the, the live action, yeah. the, no, the live action no, ones. No, never. I didn't know it was until much later. But I knew there was a cartoon. Yeah. And I watched it. I it was much later too. Like when I found out about this, maybe high school, college. I'm like, what ghost? Like, I would when buy... I was trying to figure out what filmation Ghostbusters was. Like I remember these. To- this was you know before the podcast. And just what were these toys that I had? What was this cool ass car that had legs that I, I would stretch out? I always out knew shit? because when I was like ten or eleven, uh, I was at the Dollar Tree at a mall or a ninety nine cent store. And they were selling VHS tapes of those Ghostbuster cartoons, and I bought them right away. Mm. So I had like an early that that was like the internet before the internet, like like yeah. liquidated. But I mean, I, I I watched the cartoons. Um, no, no, but I mean, you watched them in first run as a kid, right? Uh, or maybe syndication, yeah. but you watched them on the syndication. Run. But like, yeah, I was, was able out. to go back and get shitty liquidated VHS versions when I was smart enough to remember what they were. That's how I knew what they were. I was like, ah, okay, that's what this shit is. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't even know that that was even based off of a live action going Yeah, I I didn't know that until like college or maybe last year. And even at the time, even at the time, people didn't know it. Poor Lou, he was accused, like people wrote him and and called him out and they accused him of racism. Because of the grill? For the cartoon. Because they go, how dare you? They literally thought that he was being that blatantly racist, <laughs> that he was replacing Winston with a gorilla. Yeah. 
And he's like, what are you talking about? Like this, there was a gorilla, there was a man in a gorilla suit hmm. 15 years ago. But no, everyone, people didn't know about it or they forgot about it. It was just that Ghostbusters was that big of a thing. Uh, so you want to move on? Yeah. I got, another, do- I got another filmation special ready for you. And the masters of the universe. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! The power! Hold on, hold on. Hold on. It's going to take me a minute to get there, but you know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Hold on. Nope, it's not there yet. Hold on. Okay, here it is. Hold on. Nope, that's not there yet. Uh, ah, there it is. Hello, hello. No. You know what I'm working on, sweetie. Uh, hello. Check, check. Yeah. Gotcha. Hold on. I'm still working. Go ahead. Hold okay. Hold up. Uh, oh, hold on, I'm going to turn my game down. Oh, there, you go. there you go. I have the power! <laughs> uh, it's once in a blue moon I get to use the effects on this board. That was worth the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how they did it, though. Yeah, oh yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure that when they did that, they just had him yell into a parking cone. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to hold this mic at the end of the park. <laughs> um, so we're talking He-Man, Master of the Universe. This is my, so I had NBC, ABC, Fox, and CBS, and this is my first run syndication, which just like... Um, <laughs> uh, just like uh, uh, the show we just talked about, Filmation Ghostbusters, which was in first run syndication, this was a huge hit. So this is number one in my most amount of episodes of any of the cartoons. This had one hundred twenty-six, no, one hundred thirty episodes actually, and only two seasons. Because syndica- syndication doesn't work like actual uh, yeah. television. So 130 they episodes, order. they probably animated five. And here's the story I'm going to tell. <laughs> so we all know Orca, the mm-hmm. jester magician wizard that hangs around with Superman. One of the only three people who know that it's really Prince Adam. He's on your cake. He was on my cake as a kid. I was obsessed with Orca as a kid. Uh, his real name was Gorpo with a G. And he had a G on his, his, ca- his cape or his, uh, what would you call it, cloak. But Lou Scheimer yeah. knew that they couldn't just mirror, like turn the animation cell around and reuse it if it was, had a G on his cloak. So making it an O would make it easier to just 
swap the scene. So his name was changed to Orko to make that easier. And none other than Lou Scheimer himself voiced Orko in the cartoon the entire run of the series. That's awesome. I know. He was he was dedicated to the craft. Not to the good animation, but to getting turning out as many episodes as you could. And I love the hey, show. Did did we care? Fuck no. Absolutely not. No one noticed. Yeah. No one cared. Yeah, I wasn't I, I was I was five. I was looking for Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not looking for Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> uh I I was particularly fond of the Christmas special. I watched it over and over. Um and it, for the longest time it was hard to find. I never re aired it. But uh, uh Skeletor going doing something nice. But I don't like being nice. I like being evil. <laughs> and and just like <laughs> How mean Skeletor was just a beast man. Just, and just for the sake of it. Yeah. <laughs> like Skeletor is probably just like people that we knew. Like want, he's actually a nice guy. He just feel he just wants to be a dick for the sake you, of being a dick. Do you want me to direct a hockey game in my Skeletor voice? Is that what you're <laughs> yes, asking? please. Yes. You buffoon! I said take one, not two. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> what are you, an idiot, moron? Like, there's a there's super cuts on YouTube of Skeletor just being mean to Beastman and Trapjaw. <laughs> he was just a dick, like like a real fucking asshole. What was stopping them from just killing him? I don't know. They're like, oh, sorry, boss. I guess pure stupidity. Just Gross like incompetence. Just <laughs> like at our hockey games. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. All right. I get it. It's a paycheck. (laughs) The analogy fucking holds up. (laughs) But yeah, he was. We got a bunch of big fancy play sets. Yeah. And and then, like, he's this badass blue guy with rippling muscles and a skull for a face. Yet he can't beat this fucking half naked guy with a bob haircut from the fucking 1960s. Who who looks exactly like himself with a different color hair when he's fucking Prince Adam? Just kill him when he's Prince Adam before he. And he's got this sissy cat who's like when then he turns into Battle Cat with his powers. But when he's battle got cat's his a shit, Battle Cat's a shit. But his fucking what's what's his cat's name? Like Scaredo or something? It's in the intro here. I'll play it again. Here we go. He, he introduces him. So he, he's like with his. Assistant cat. Oh, and the filmation intro is the best part there. Oh yeah, you gotta have that. And this, and you gotta have like this. And the, like He Man sounds like he's announcing an FM radio show. Cringer. That's what it is. My fearless friend. He's like it was making that phone rattle, like did it shake. Like, yeah, I'm sure He Man sounds like he's announcing um, commercials for FM radio. He-Man in the Masters. I'm He-Man. I talk with zero inflection, and I have a sense of humor, I swear. Oh, Cringer, you again. Ha. <laughs> I always found it interesting. They give credit to the rest of the cast in this. What do you mean? In just the, t- the title alone. It's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So is He-Man a, not a master of the universe? Uh, we're getting Think into semantics. About it. I, I don't want to get into semantics here. This show but only implies He Man is not a master of the universe. So, if... and perhaps it's Man at Arms. <laughs> it very well could be. He was the. I'm um, most after likely him. it's Ram Man, but you no. Know. Well, Man at Arms has that great mustache. 
and that you're true master of the universe with the monster. Oh, absolutely. In the 19 yeah, it was the 80s. So <laughs> Squeezer, if you really want to know the story of like basically He-Man is a product of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. No one thought fucking shit of action figures. In fact, Star Wars George Lucas went to Mattel and was like, "Hey, can you make these action figures?" And they're like, "No, you fucking nerd, get away from us. Go make them somewhere else." He did. He went to Kenner. He made a billion dollars with them. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Mattel's like, "We gotta make them." They tried to make, I think, um, what's that fucking Battlestar Galactica show? And no one bought them. And yeah. finally, they went to the one designer and like, "You need to make." And I'm doing this. I'm butchering the story. If you have Netflix, watch the Toys That Made Us. Uh, He-Man episode. They yeah, drop, if you want to see professionals talk about this stuff, go on Netflix. And professionals drop more F-bombs than we do, talking about He-Man. Surprisingly so. And you know what? More inflatable dolls on Netflix than in our show. Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a really, it's a great series, The Toys That Made Us. But they talk about, uh, hearing them talk about, like, making, this guy was like, he, he, he was like, all right, here's three. He's a barbarian. He's a spaceman. Or he's like, a, I forget what the other one was, a ninja. And they picked the barbarian, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna get like r- comic book writers and make a fucking cartoon about this, and just a it- Conan cartoon." Right. It was supposed to be Conan, but they couldn't license it, so they just said, "We'll call him He Man." <laughs> he Man. <laughs> Not. Yeah, He Man. Yeah. So I loved it. I'm still obsessed with He Man. I was a a big big He Man mark, uh, just like a Hogan yeah. mark, and. Um, I love this cartoon, and I was like, oh, I was. I kept telling Enchantress, I'm excited to finally be able to talk about He-Man. I want to do a whole He-Man episode, but I don't know if our listeners want to hear that. I think they do, and I'll find a way, because you know I was on the outs on it. Like, I watched it. I loved He-Man. I had the the movie on VHS with Dolph Lundgren, because I found him sexy. I, I um, like the movie, and I even got into the second run, He-Man in Space series. <laughs> But I was a Skeletor fan. I even I like I've used. Oh, he was awesome. Well, you've seen the picture of me with my Skeletor staff. Mm -hmm. I had the fucking electric staff. Yeah, yeah. There. I going back. I love the I love the villains, and it's the main reason my number four pick. Um, I can't. I appreciate. I just love the villains. I love the biggest hero of them all, Hulk Hogan. With yeah. the, the four demandments, say your prayers, take your vitamins, train, and never lie, or whatever the fuck they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, when it came to He-Man, I was fucking skeleton. I wanted to be uh, I was all in, because I was a Macho Man guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First name yeah. Squeezer, last name Squeezer. <laughs> <laughs> First name Squeezer, and, and I even I even supported Sergeant last Slaughter name. during the Gulf War. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> You're like, hey, listen, you know, it's, it's we're fighting for oil. Over He's there. a GI Joe. I don't care. Right. Let Saddam go. Let let him go. Uh, um, but oh. yeah, I I was I didn't have you know I wasn't all in on the action figures. It was just something Mama Squeezer didn't didn't get for her well, little boy. So I had just like Pee Wee, they were second the work of the second hand figures, and then the last run, last generation stuff, um, where they just kind of were just. So you had King Randor. Oh God! It was the last yeah. series. Yeah, I had them all. I was huge He Man, but I was in the last. Like when I got into He Man was when after Shira came out and they had the Evil Horde, but they made the figures for the He Man line, like those, like Mantena and Moss, not Moss Man mainly, but I had um, uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of those Evil Horde figures, and and then mm-hmm. the He Man line that came like the 
thunder punchy man and whatnot that had the roll caps in the back of him. Yeah. Well, my my my, my closest was uh, the the same kid up the street who I talked about who had crossfire, who had uh, 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 Fireball Island, and up there on the shelf is Castle Grayskull. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm like pawing at it. I'm like, I want to touch you. And they're like, hey, let's go play outside and run. I'm like, no, no, no outside and run. Outside will always be there. Nature will always be pristine and existent. Yeah, Castle like, Grayskull is for now. Let's go outside and run. But your toys. <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, go around. I should have just hid. Right. Every, like, your friends. I would have I been, been like George playing with all the toys while she's passed out Th- that was jerry george came in on it but that was jerry was it jerry yeah, yeah. it's been so long since yeah, jerry was it dating was, the woman that's right, with the yeah. toys and okay my bad it was uh oh, i make an edit there lou, i look like an asshole lou filer he's new here he had the the canker there are very there are people very close to me listening right now that are probably going to murder me because of this yeah they, well they should that was the Lou Filer episode. As, as they should. The the Elaine gets the wrestling shoes to sidle him. I'm gonna sidle the sidler. That was that the was the Merv episode. Griffin. That was a fucking great episode. That was the Merv Griffin set. Wait, really? Yes. Wait, all three of those storylines were in one episode. Yes, that was the Fuck Merv. Fuck you! Griffin no set. one's ever written something that great. Yeah, no, that was. Would have to be like Larry David or something. It wasn't Larry David. Oh, now I look like an even bigger <laughs> asshole. <laughs> that was after that was season nine when Larry David left. No, it wasn't. It was. It was. No, stop that. You're <laughs> making things up now. Go away. Kramer pulled the Merv Griffin set out. No. Uh, that's my. That's my. That Merv Griffin bit is like my absolute favorite because I, I. I dream of that. <laughs> Lately, I've been like, buying the generic brand of wax work beans. I TV or make money off of TV. I just want to make TV. So set. if I can have the Merv yeah. Griffin set in my house. Yeah. Uh, lately, I've been buying the generic brand of wax beans. I take the label off. I can't tell. Well, we officially bottomed out. <laughs> Time to retool. <laughs> <laughs> when we're doing one of our shows on a Tuesday morning, we're talking about wax beans, generic wax beans. That's when we know to pull the plug, squeeze. On this show alone, <laughs> we talk generic wax beans. All right. Uh, we're ready to move on. To We're about two hours into the show. It's time to get to your second pick. Oh, this is going to be a three-hour show. <laughs> it could, could very well be. All right, here we go. Here's your next one. Oh, keep going. I can't do Piggy, I can just do the Kermit because I Hold just kind of have to swallow your Ready tongue. to harmonize? Everyone get ready. We're going to do it. This is the long version. Yeah, sorry about that. Is everything all right in here? Yes, Ready? Oh, come on. This is the really long version. On Nickelodeon, they played like a fraction of this. Well, yeah, they play more commercials in. Muppet, 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 Muppet,
<laughs> a slow, horrible, painful death. We killed it. We did. Um, so there's something about all right. So we we all love these Saturday morning cartoons, and they all give us warm, fuzzy feelings. Is there one that's more like beloved, like like reminds you of like like mom and like just happiness and just joy and sweetness? No, Anything I, more than Muppet I think Babies? Muppet Babies was not only great because in first run, yes, we watched it Saturday mornings, but then it got such heavy syndication on Nickelodeon. Yeah. I think that really... Uh, wh- when did this show start airing? Uh, it ran from 84 to 91. So we got eight, eight seasons. and And for the quality of the show... It was a hundred. How many episodes did Motu get? 130. 130. All right. Well, this came in at 107. Okay. So you, you beat. But if with, you look at the difference in the quality of animation. Right. Right. I thought what my last pick would be the champion, but you beat it by 20. How many episodes did it get? 107? Wait, what was that? 107. No, you're still in the lead. No, 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 no. I don't count He Man because. It was 130 of crappy animation. My last pick had 81 episodes, and I thought that would be the king. But oh, no. Uh, in that case, I actually got to think that uh, Muppet Babies might be one. Is my last pick? Hang on. Let me jump check my notes here. Uh, no, I got one more that even tops Muppet Babies, actually, oh. believe it or not. By, I Hang on. You're make, fuck, I'm doing math. Uh, that's 15, 6... Wait, seven, fourteen, six episodes. So, uh, Muppet Babies debuted with a pretty solid lineup on CBS, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was preceded by the Get Along Gang and Shirt Tales, and followed by uh, the Saturday Supercade, which was all those arcade shows like Hubert and shit. Yeah. So it had like a pretty good buffer, and it was it was going up against, but it was going up against the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. And and. To be fair, like, and we were talked about the Smurfs having a six, a ninety minute block. Mm. Uh, eventually, Muppet Babies ended up having a ninety minute block. So Muppet Babies like shot. It was so successful. First of all, it was spawned out of Muppets uh, Take Manhattan. Oh right, uh, so right, yeah. You, we they, talked they, about they, this. Yeah. They did Muppets Take Manhattan. They did the the uh, the baby Muppet scene, mm-hmm. and it was so popular. Like that was water cooler internet talk before there was the internet like like when people go to work they go oh you see the muppet movie and everyone just wanted to talk about the scene where they were babies right and from there they're like all right well let's do something with this and they made muppet babies and then um that lasted and then they did uh and you uh mentioned this in in your pre-roll and now to be fair your list of what you watched on a, a Saturday morning mm-hmm. was only good for, let me think, was it three? Three what? Three weeks. It was three weeks, what you mentioned. Because Muppet Babies and Monsters uh, and Jim Henson's Little Muppet Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, only was on air, even though there were multiple episodes. It was only on air for three weeks. 
Well, I, when you when you have a fall announced and a spring announced, like that's it doesn't matter how long. Sure, it, sure. Yeah. yeah, but that that's what it lasted before they yanked that and then just replaced it with actual Muppet Babies. Yeah, I don't remember um, ever watching Little Muppet Monsters. Little Muppet Monsters. So I remember. I don't Speaking remember the Muppet actual Monsters. Muppets of Little Muppet Monsters, <laughs> um, which was, was more just generic. Muppet wraparound kind of stuff. Right. And then they did some stuff for like Fozzie and it was all the adult Muppets. But then they did, there were cartoons of. Right, Schmuffin, please. Um, Schmuffin, we're trying to do a show Uncle here. Uncle Squeeze is trying to talk. You're, you're slowing us down. <laughs> you're, you're holding back this, this hour long show. Um, so they, they did the animation of the older Muppets and they came across as just weird looking. Whereas Muppet babies are nice and stocky and short and adorable. Right. When Muppets grow up, they get weird and lanky. Right. Especially like Miss Piggy, which was in a lot of them. Right. And honestly, the the animation there, and I haven't been able to dig, dig deep enough. I need more time to do it. The animation for the uh, uh, this Muppet show for the, the animated adult versions of them looks so much like the Legend of Zelda animation oh, okay. for the cartoon. Very similar. So, uh, it's funny you say, like, how it didn't last. In the fall of 85, Muppet Babies was going against ABC's Ewok show, and mm-hmm. then NBC's Smurfs was killing it because it had that 90-minute block from 9 mm-hmm. to 10.30. Uh, so, spring of 86, the little month Muppet Monsters is clearly gone. Muppet Babies now has an hour, 9 to 10, but ABC uh-huh. dropped Ewoks and Droids down to 10, 30, and 11 and replaced it with the Bugs Bunny show for an hour to go against Muppet Babies and Smurfs, which had still 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now they're hyping it up. There's a big show on its way. Do you know what that show is that's coming? Pee-wee's Playhouse. No. No, CBS has a new show that's going to come out that's going to blow them all away. Was it Galaxy High School? It was Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, I don't even see. Exactly. See that on my list. No, because it never aired. Uh-huh. And so Garbage Pill Kids was supposed to hit, and it was so controversial, they never even put it out there. And instead of putting anything in its place, they just said, you know what, Muppet Babies is so goddamn good, let's give them 90. And they just put Muppet Babies into Garbage Pill Kids sl- time slot. When was this? Because in eight, uh, fall of 86... Muppet Babies still had an hour, but it was going up, up against... ABC started programming Flintstone Kids from for an hour, and then Real Ghostbusters. And CBS was programming Muppet Babies 9 to 10, and uh, NBC was still doing 90 Minutes of Smurfs. In the spring of 87, it was the same schedule, but Muppet Babies was being followed by Pee-wee's Playhouse, which was be, wound up being huge. Okay, so it was in the fall of '87. Fall of '87 that they went yep. to. They they started the morning off with um, ninety minutes of Muppet 90 Babies. Ninety minutes to go right head to head with ninety minutes of Smurfs and yeah. ABC. God, no one probably watched ABC. They countered with My Pet Monster, The Clowns of Happy, Little Clowns of Happy Town, and Little Wizards. Uh-huh. Okay, I can guarantee you, I. Definitely, and don't get me wrong, I love My Pet Monster, but I was going Muppet Babies every day of the week against My Pet Monster. Uh, I would probably watch the first two hours Muppet Babies, and then back and forth, check it out, and then was it Little Wizard? 
Yeah. Little wizard. Yeah, I would I would check him out from time to time. I never watched a second of it. I went Muppet Babies, Pee Wee's Playhouse, right to Real Ghostbusters at ten thirty on ABC. So I'd go CBS wow, all that's morning. That's a pretty solid schedule. Right to ABC. Did you? I I like me. I don't know about you. I plan my day. Oh yeah, yeah. We'd flip around. Like you, you got but, the but, book, and I would get the highlighter, and I would mark well, out. I wouldn't like, get the my book. Schedule. We just knew. But then we, what are you, Schmuffin? What are you doing? Get off the balcony. We then, we then, we had Schmuffin. We're doing a show. We had Schmuffin. Schmuffin. Squeeze is trying to talk cartoon schedule. You're slowing us. You're slowing us down. This is very important here. So, <laughs> the the USA Cartoon Express started showing up around then and showing reruns of Real <laughs> Ghostbusters. So if, if nothing else, we'd go up there. And then we got the real the syndication on Channel 9, uh, New York, which was famous for the Howard Stern show. P- WPIX 11 would yeah, show yeah. syndication. Which later in the day was awesome, and especially on Sundays. Right. You get wrestling. You, the, you get the movies. Star Trek. You get horror movies. You get Rompo Peel infomercials. We had we had Philly fifty seven. And later on, you'd get uh, Xena Warrior Princess and right, all the and Hercules then, sure, shit, all that yeah. syndicated stuff. And of course, same with Philly fifty seven and PHL seventeen and Philly. So we had both New mm-hmm. York and Philly in our area. So spoiled down here. So spoiled. But yeah, I was pretty much Muppet Babies, Pee Wee's, Real Ghostbusters, and uh, Flintstone Kids or Alf the Animated Series. Uh, but then there, spring there was of eight. Something special. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, spring of 80, okay, spring of 88 stayed the same. Let's see what happened in fall of 88. Fall of 88, they cut Muppet Babies back down to an hour. And it went up against, that's because it started going up again. And they cut the Smurfs down to an hour, that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had issue with the Smurfs. I don't, I, I think my, my issue was more with Gargamel. Um... Same reason I have issue with like, uh, and look, people are gonna hate me for this. I have issue with Darkwing Duck. I have issues with Inspector Gadget. I don't have room in my life for incompetence, and that's what drives me crazy. Oh, Gargamel. That's why I needed Destro in my GI Joes because Cobra Commander just pissed me off to no end. Yeah, Cobra Commander was the the king of incompetent villains. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, and you felt sorry for him in the movie. I mean, he becomes a snake. What are you going to do? Spoilers. Sorry. And Duke should have died. Spoilers. Um, but there was something special about Muppet Babies, though. It was just because you were a kid watching kids play. It was almost like they were giving you a playbook. And that was actually the idea behind it. It it was about inspiring kids to, you know, use your imagination, which is what it was all about. Right. And it's also a kind of came to bite them in the ass now that they can't. Uh, it's very difficult to get distribution on that for a release because so many episodes use footage from other Movies, yeah. um, properties, other distributors, other IP. properties, you know, Star yeah. Wars, Indiana Jones, you know, it's all over the place. CBS was uh, killing it in 88. They had the Superman animated series, the 88 one, which was OK. They had Muppet Babies for an hour. They had Pee Wee's Playhouse. Then they had Garfield and Friends. Then they had Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Oh, shit. Yeah, remember that? Like, that's yeah, our first taste of Ernest. And that would go up against... a nine. A, Muppet Babies would go 9 to 10, but at 9.30, Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters came on. And nine, they programmed an hour of Ghostbusters up against... Muppet Babies and Pee Wee's Playhouse. It was it that's, was rough. That's a strong move. That's and, a strong arm and move. NBC would program the Smurfs and Alf 
uh, Alf Tales. Mm-hmm. So it was, they were like, shots were taken. Yeah. It was always funny watching the ebb and flow because you can bounce back and forth and you'd see where they, like, that. that's a pretty good competition where they put their strong show against their strong show. But then you'd see there would be other seasons, other years where they put, you know, their weakest stuff against their strong stuff and then their strong stuff against their weak stuff and just bounce out and they tell the advertisers, oh, yeah, give us our money, give us your money at 1030 instead. Yeah, right. 89, everything kind of evened out a little bit. Uh, ABC would go with 8, 830 to uh, 9.30 with Disney's Gummy Bears, Weenie the Pooh Hour, up against <clears throat> Muppet Babies. So, And then NBC would go Captain Can- uh, Camp Candy and Captain N and the Game Master for I a thought while. you were going to say Captain Kangaroo. I'm like, I don't think those. So that's when... Uh, the, uh, Muppet Babies was on the way out in, in 89, and mm-hmm. Pee-wee's Playhouse got that coveted 9.30 slot. So uh, For the time being. That, yeah. So Pee-wee's Playhouse <laughs> had right 9.30 against Ghostbusters, which had 9.30 to 10.30. Uh, and then CBS went Pee-wee's Playhouse, California Raisins, because we know how big they were uh, then. And then NBC went yep. Karate Kid, and then they did the Smurfs from 10 to 11 at that point. Uh, That's where it, it worked out in my favor as I got a little bit older, maybe 92, 93, once I was like 9, 10 or so. And I started buying old TVs like with my like chore money at like yard sales mm-hmm. for like five, 10 bucks. Right. And I had splitters in the cable box set up down in the in my room or like in the playroom in the basement. And I would sit there and I, w- I was like Reverend Jim in Taxi. <laughs> Just watching Saturday morning cartoons. Well, Garfield television. Garfield started getting programmed for an hour. Uh, that would go from ten thirty to eleven thirty up against oh, Beetlejuice. Davis. Yeah, Beetlejuice and the Smurfs. So they started like you, you, the most popular shows. You start getting and uh, in, going into nineteen ninety, at which point Captain N and Mario like ramped up huge. So mm-hmm. NBC started giving. Captain N Adventures of Super Mario Brothers 3 an hour. And that was always one of my go-tos. Right. Muppet Babies was then moved to the dead zone at 1990 from 8 to 9. Ooh. Then 9 to 10 was Garfield and Friends. Then, of course, 10 to 11 was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So they did <laughs> three shows and three hours. Damn. Yeah, it's then and at that point, Pee-Wee's got bumped. Bill and Ted was 11 and Pee-Wee was 11.30. Now, mind you, I was up and ready to go at 6 a.m. for this. Oh, yeah, you'd get those syndication shows early or, like, new shows. Uh, you watched early Captain syndication Kangaroo. stuff. Or, um, for me, I would always go on uh, 6 ABC out of Philadelphia with Captain Noah. Right. Uh, I've talked about that before. Right. Like that was, That's what started my day. 1990 Squeezer also saw the entry of Fox into the kids' programming. So, Oh, like, do we have it? What? I thought it was mandatory. You just have to play the X-Men theme oh, every time yeah, you say yeah, that. I should have played it. But, like, at, at night, fall of 1990 at 8 a.m., like, like you could go on ABC and what Weenie the Pooh, CBS and watch Muppet Babies, Fox and watch Tom and Jerry Kids, or NBC and watch Camp Candy. Like, it's it, it was like a golden age of television. It program. was. What did you do other than go outside? Right. Like, th- this, this is what prepared us for life. This is, you have to make a choice. Right, eight thirty. You got Wizard of Oz. You get another half hour of Muppet Babies. Do you remember Zazu? You? I don't remember it. 
Uh, it sounds familiar. I I can't. It was I'm like gonna a say I, I went Muppet Babies. I, I was loyal. No, you didn't. You went Captain N in the Game Master and Super Mario Bros. Three. Ooh, that was tough. You did, cause I. Well, here's I'll, here's the thing. At that point, I probably already I've seen so many Muppet Babies. Right. Um, so I remember in 1990, it, it, it that's when it changed. It was like heavy on Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and I'm yeah. gonna get flack for this, but I kind of gave up on it. it. I wasn't into it. I was watching NBC all day. I was watching Camp Candy. I was watching Captain N and Mario Brothers 3. I was watching Gravedale High because fucking Rick Moranis, the kid in play cartoon, and Chipmunks and Saved by the Bell. Fair enough. Because, and then in 1991, NBC stayed at it. And I could get into it later, but they had that NBC or whatever that, that was with the Saved by the Bell. And yeah, NBC, NBA inside stuff. They had the good follow up. So you, you get your Ninja Turtles on CBS at 10 when they put like shit cartoons like Wish Kid and Chip and Pepper on. But pretty mm-hmm. much you stayed with. Oh, <laughs> come on. People worked <laughs> hard on that. Pretty much you stayed with NBC. Oh, don't worry. My third peak, people are going to get shit on. In, in 90, like 90 through 93, 93 Fox took over when they introduced. X-Men and Batman yeah. anime series, but from 90 to 93, NBC owned Saturday mornings, in my opinion. CBS had, of course, Dar- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and maybe sometimes I'd catch Where's Waldo if there wasn't a double say by the bell. I sure as hell watched it. I No, I went animated every time. I don't... I don't like people, so if I don't have to see them on TV, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with an animated guy with glasses and a striped shirt. Oh, uh, we are hard we are hard into Saved by the Bell. I was in love with Kelly Kapowski. See, I I saw Saved by the Bell every morning too. That's true. Or or I put like it it was like a, a my my sister was obsessed with it. So anytime Saved by the Bell was on, we watched it. Well. Uh, I don't know am why. I dis- am I am I looking back and displacing time because it wasn't syndicated in the mornings yet? It wasn't. It was it was in the afternoons, but it was still there. Okay. So and at night, fall of ninety two, NBC morning was Flipper. I always put fucking Flipper on. <laughs> and M- NBC dropped their cartoons, and went at and went local programming and weekend Thanks, today. Senate. And then at 10 a.m. they went their their live action show. So you get Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, and Name Your Adventure. All those California Dreams. Right. Dun, so that dun, that dun, pushed dun, us to like dun. ABC had Wild West Cowboys and Moo Mesa. Moo Mesa. Uh, CBS, of course, had Garfield and Ninja Turtles, and uh, Fox was just starting to get going with Eek the Cat. And Super Dave. And, and the terrible Thunder Lizard. Not yet, not yet, but they would get there. So then in spring of 93, uh, ABC had the Adams Family. I remember watching that. Goof Troop, they announced. So they'd pull, uh, they'd pull some of the shows. Uh, but uh, CBS had Ninja Turtles still and Cop, C-O-P-S, which was one of yours. Da-na. NBC was still not doing cartoons. They dropped them all. In fall of 93, everything changed because ABC was programming Wildest Cowboys at 8.30, Sonic the Hedgehog at 9, Adam's Family at 9.30, Tales from the Crypt Keeper at 10, Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show no one watched. All right, so you watch ABC maybe till till 10. Oh, or I go outside, I'm not going to lie. CBS was Marsupilami. 
Little Mermaid, yeah. Garfield and Friends, and Ninja Turtles. Uh, all new Dennis the Menace and Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Remember that one? Oh, shit. Hang on. I'm writing that down. Yeah. Hang Fox on. then we're was... Coming, we're coming back to revisit that. Fox was Dog City, my last pick, Tom and Jerry Kids, Eek the Cat... Wait. Dog City was your last pick? No. Dog City, then oh, my last pick. and your last pick. pick. I'm not, okay, gotcha. I'm not bearing my lead. Tom and Jerry Kids, Eek the Cat... Tiny Toon Adventures, Tasmania, and fucking X-Men 11. I always remember X-Men, then Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in 93. Yep. Uh, then NBC still was running Saved by the Bell, the new class. They just weren't running. like They just gave up. When did the college years air? Uh, college years aired, I think, that year, 93, but on primetime. Oh, was that primetime? Yeah, that was primetime. Oh, Okay. Um, but yeah, that, that's in 93. I fall 93 is when Fox took over and became, that's when in yeah. spring is when the terrible thunder lizards were added to it. Terrible uh, thunder lizards. Where on earth is Carmen San Diego? And then it takes it to fall of 94 where they added, um, Animaniacs and, uh, Batman and the tick. So you had, you had CBS going, this was before ABC owned was owned by Disney. So you had CBS showing The Little Mermaid, Beethoven, Aladdin up against Fox showing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Animaniacs, Extravaganza, Batman, The Tick, and X-Men, and Carmen Sandiego. Like, Carmen Sandiego, like, Fox is going to win every time. Oh, shit. All right, so I don't want to get off track here. Not that we aren't, not already, but we will be coming back. I will be revisiting Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, (laughs) all 13 episodes of it. So you completely forgot about this show, didn't you? No, I did. It's just on the on the back burner. Like I honestly, I was debating. I swore we talked dino saucers at one point on this show, and I wasn't going to do dino saucers. But no, I, I mean, I, I'll I, do. I think it's fun. To, I, that's why I, I got the program schedules for every network for every dino saucers. But no, I love Cadillacs and dinosaurs, and there are names involved. Stephen E. D'Souza. I mean. Yeah, we've talked Shit. about him multiple times. Fucking diehard, man. So, um, we're only on your second pick, so we should move uh, on. People got pause buttons. They yeah. can delete shit. You can just stop listening if you want. It's up right. to you. I figured what better way to talk about... I mean, let me just read to you the spring of 95 Fox lineup. Mm-hmm. 8 a.m. Animaniacs. 8.30 Power Rangers. 9 a.m. Extravaganza. 9.30 Batman. 10 o'clock Spider-Man. 10.30 The Tick. 11 X-Men. 11.30 Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego? Fox was a licensing machine. Fox was owning shit. At that point, no one gave a shit about Ninja Turtles. CBS was running Mer- Little Mermaid, Beethoven, Aladdin, Ninja Turtles, Garfield, Jim Lee's Wildcats, which I got into later, Skeleton mm-hmm. Skeleton Warriors. Uh, ABC was doing Sonic, Free Willy, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, Reboot, Bump in the Night, Fudge, and Bugs Bunny and Tweety. And NBC was doing bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to watch NBA Inside Stuff on a fucking Saturday morning, NBC. I'm sorry. W- wasn't that with Brian Gumble? Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't watching. I got so frustrated. I'm like, sports? I know. I don't watch sports. Fox was just owning it. Then they'd go on to add Life with Louie. They'd add yeah. Masked Rider. They'd add... So much like 
Like every year, Fox was just like th- those were the glory years of Fox. NBC kind of gave up the same time Fox took over. I think it helped that and, NBC. And it was strange too because Fox came in at the time they weren't making money off of action. Like it, all that programming wasn't selling action figures. Yeah, and then X-Men, maybe, but other than that, you weren't buying Louis Anderson action figures. Right. It was good programming. Yeah. Then, then came 95 well, fox had balls then came 95 when the wb network started and they plucked animaniacs freakazoid tiny tunes and batman uh, all the all the wb properties from fox mm. so but they still had eek spider-man the tick x-man life with louie power rangers carmen san diego uh it was Fox really ran the gamut for for a couple of years, and um, but let's take it back to the '80s. We're in the '90s now. Uh, my favorite incarnation of this franchise was this show. Pop name Scooby Doo. Squeezie, you remember You're this one? You're gonna make me cry. You're gonna make me cry. Why is that? I love this goddamn show. I, in my opinion, this is the best incarnation of a Scooby Doo show. 100% agree with you. Absolutely, Scooby Doo can s my a if he's not a little puppy. And 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 the ca- supporting cast of this is so great. It came on. It debuted in the fall of 1988, following Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. It went up against Garfield and Friends when Garfield was around for a bit, so I always watched Pup Named Scooby-Doo. But then it had a second life on Cartoon Network in super syndication. So mm-hmm. I remember on Sick Days... Which I watched throughout, you know. Right. I remember Sick Days from school, like Cartoon Network from like 10 to fucking 2 in the afternoon would run Pup Named Scooby-Doo episodes. And uh, this had 27 episodes and four seasons. So season one had 13, season two had eight, season three had three, and season four had three. <laughs> Weird shakeup, but that's how cartoons <laughs> kind of worked. Uh, they they reformat like formulated the characters before. This was the eighth incarnation of a Scooby Doo show. Wait, really? Yeah. Because I always just assumed it was like the second. You had Scooby-Doo and then a pup named Scooby-Doo. No, there was a ton of different... Did they count that shit with Scrappy when they started adding that little fucker in? There was Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The new Scooby... Uh-huh. There were the original TV series run. So there was Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The new mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo movies. Scooby-Doo show and Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo shorts. The new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show. The 13 goes to Scooby-Doo. And finally... <laughs> A pup named Scooby-Doo. See, I kind of l- group all of those before this into one. Because to me, it was just Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was exactly. Because you know, the animation all looked the same. It was the same Scooby. I, I mean, I like those movies we talked about, like Brew Brothers and like the the when, the Horror Girls. Like that's Those were great movies with Scrappy Yeah, I Scooby. love Horror Girls. <laughs> horror. What was, oh. uh, what was Scooby-Doo in the... Um, uh, Scooby Doo and the Boo Brothers. That's how I'm gonna get to it. Scooby Doo and the Boo Brothers. 
Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers. Wow, Frank Welker did a voice on this show. No shit. Oh, fuck yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, it was called. We talked about it on the uh, show. Yeah. I had a crush on the one girl, remember. We don't have to embarrass myself all over again. But a pup named Scooby-Doo was great, mainly because my favorite part was Fred was a fucking idiot. Yes, thank you. And he was like really gung ho and always jumped to the like wrong conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daph- they made Daphne uh, very vain and full of herself and like mm-hmm. hate Fred. Uh, Velma, what was her? Jinkies? Yeah, Jinkies. Jinkies, yeah. Uh, Shaggy was just like regular Shaggy. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was 10 years old but stoned out of his mind. And, and the, the food tropes. But it, yeah, this was such a, a, a which don't get me wrong. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I will tell you that show has made me make a club sandwich from time to time <laughs> bigger than I should have. So. It was um, the, the a bit, it used the same exact formula as the original show where they were like a, a detective agency and they found a ghost and they always had a ma- guys in masks and costume, but it made it it made fun of it. The original one. It was so mm-hmm. much fun. And it was like, if you have never watched A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, it's on YouTube. Oh, you're missing out. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the animation's really good, too. The animation is really good. It's it's very different from all the like old-style animation you saw. And especially for a Hanna-Barbera production. Not yeah, that right. I want to uh, shit I, on see, him, but, Hanna you know. Hanna-Barbera was, in my mind, at the time, the, the gold standard. I would Cause, say. Well, at that time, because you were also giving, you know, we are getting like Jetsons meet the Flintstones and stuff like that. Right. But it was very much a self-parody of what it was. Yes. And in my mind, like nothing is better. Uh, it was followed. It wasn't followed to for, with the new Scooby-Doo till 2002 with what's new Scooby-Doo. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know my cousin was obsessed with that when it came back because he was younger than me and he was obsessed with Scooby-Doo and that was like my thing. Like, oh, I like I like a pup named Scooby-Doo and I don't think he knew what the hell I was even talking about. Um, yeah, for, for us, our version of Scooby-Doo is always a pup named Scooby-Doo. Ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah. And uh, honestly, do you know who my favorite character is out of all of them? Uh, Velma. No, well... Not in this context, but continue. Oh, okay. Who who is it? Oh, Red Herring, of course. Oh yeah, Red Herring. That's a great name too. And, and at the time, I didn't get it. I didn't. No, I, I probably didn't, didn't get it until I was like thirty. I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it's because he had red hair and he liked fish. Um. But yeah, he was a core piece to. Fred's incompetence, right? And, accusing uh, Red Herring and, for everything, which yeah, every episode he, he hard on for Red Herring every single episode, and he'd always have uh, some crazy idea as to why uh, Red Herring was the person. There'd be like aliens <laughs> from another planet, uh, mole people. There was always some reason why Red oh, Herring yeah. was involved. But <laughs> the fact that they wrote. The the guy who always got blamed for it as red herring was genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's and a, you know that was for the parents too. The kids didn't get it. No, no, not at all. 
Uh, that's why adults write these shows. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to... We just went four hours on my last pick, so I'm, or your last pick, technically. So I'm going to let this go. Uh, I love Pup Named Scooby-Doo, and we're going to move on to... Can, can you do me a favor? Uh-huh. Ra- ra- just save me, save me the breath. Um, and rather than ha- have me have to go and MacGyver this series and explain everything, mm-hmm. um, I'll allow our MC and host of the show... Just give me give me a solid minute to let him give our give us our exposition. Okay. Hammer man, hammer, hammer man, hammer. Whenever there's a crime, some crooks are gonna do time. They all better beware, cause the hammer man will be there. Here's how it started a long time ago. The legend of the hammer and how it began to grow. He was given magical shoes from a hip-hop Motown dude. Together they had power. They stood up for what was right. But Gramps was getting old and he couldn't keep up the fight. Right. So Gramps and his granddaughter, they went out on the road to find a man they knew could jab who was worthy of the load. They met a guy named Stanley who was dancing every night. He helped the kids play every day. His heart was out of sight. So Gramps opened up the bag and took out the magical shoes. He set them on the ground and they soon began to groove. The shoes knew at once they had finally found their man. They hopped right on his feet and he became Hammer Man! Hammer Man! You, you you just wanted to torture us by making us listen to that, right? No, it, it saved me a lot of breath. I, I was going to go through and explain the entire episode, and then I realized after cutting up the audio, I realized, shit, MC, did it, MC Hammer did it for me. Thank you, Stanley. <laughs> it, it, the, the, those shoes' most magical power that they had was shoehorning lyrics into a poor rap. Uh-huh. Uh, don't discount the power of that. Um. So yes, uh, Hammerman, what were you doing at 10 a.m. on uh, between September and December of 1991 on ABC? See, Squeezer, I remember being in my upstairs, I don't know if it was my family room, my living room, whatever the fuck it was, but I remember having Hammerman come on, and it was 91, you said? 91. 91. Let me go to my schedule here. Oh, you got it all. Yeah, so Ham- I'm going to tell you what. I I stuck it out for Hammerman from time to time. Hammerman came on. My sister was obsessed with a show that came on before that, Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. So Hammerman was on ABC at 10 a.m. Solid lead-in. Solid lead-in, Beetlejuice, and Darkwing Duck at 9. Okay. But on CBS, we're talking Garfield and Friends from 9 to 10, and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... From 10 to 11. Oh, that's yeah. a monster. And on Fox, Little Shop and Bill and Ted. And then no one watched NBC at that point. Wish Kid and Chip and Pepper. Mm-hmm. All right. So it didn't, it, it wasn't the worst. But I remember, CBS I remember seeing Hammerman on my television. I don't think we paid attention to it at that point. Mm-hmm. But I, and we got to Turtles quickly, but. I do remember seeing it, so maybe yeah. we watched it a few times. So we were in what we started watching because it was always a little catchy, especially the intro. And then the opening segment gave you a um, 
uh, live on the street. So a live action MC Hammer with a bunch of really awkward kids and this really awkward back and forth conversation. So, all right. So let's say you have uh, uh, 10 kids and a, uh, are, uh, a rapper slash dancer. Mm-hmm. Um on set so now you have 11 people that have no ability to communicate with each other on on screen or just in real life and it's just awkward uh and he's clearly just reading off of cue cards and but it's live action on very poor green screen of the animated streets of the Hammerman universe right uh and it would bring me in for a little bit, and I would watch that, and I most likely would tune out. Um, I just I liked the shoes because the shoes talked to him, and the shoes had magic powers, and they had it was like whereas like Wonder Woman had her like fucking lasso, uh, Hammerman had just notes, like sheet music would come out of his shoes, and he can do things with it and shit like that. Um, there were no rules really to the Hammerman. There, why would you need it? And it, but so, yeah, Stanley, the MC Hammer's real name, uh, Stanley Burrell, he uh, inherited it from some random mother old guy who showed up. He's like, hey, have some magic shoes and go save the world. And he he would do that by dancing. That's the synopsis of the show. That's it. That's it. But I watched the hell out of it. I really did. Uh, the animation wasn't great. It was it was very uh, stylized, very jagged, a lot of hard lines and stuff. Maybe that's the, what they were going for. Maybe it was a cost benefit or something like that. Um, but I noticed when I was going back and rewatching old episodes, um, there was a Lucky Charms commercial that aired in between during the commercial break of Hammerman. Right. The animation in the Lucky Charms commercial was ten times that of Hammerman. Well, I bet I would bet they spent ten times more money on that thirty seconds than they did <laughs> I, on an entire I commercial. Doubt it. And and it was a live action kids. So even the chroma key, the keying of the actors was smoother than what it was with with, with Hammerman. Um I don't know what he did who he saved, or why. It, it really didn't matter. It was just, it was catchy. You, you just watched it to watch him turn into MC Hammer and dance. And by the way, his con- it, was, it was very Clark Kent of him. He had glasses, and then he had balloon pants. Oh, okay, so... So... You didn't. You didn't even need a phone booth. He had shoes. When he with was ha- eyes that talked. And when danced. he was Hammerman, the the big pants would come out. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, he was just regular old Stanley. All right. Would you believe that this was Deke? Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Believe it or no, not. No. You know how I know it was Deke. Uh, like ten years ago, maybe longer, like fifteen years ago, uh, General Mills would had a deal with Deke where they'd put out DVDs in the cereal boxes that had like four or five episodes of cartoons they could afford to give away. So it'd be like the Jackie Chan Adventures, uh, Hammer Hammer Time, Hammer Man, whatever the fuck it was. 
and mm-hmm. and like like uh, two other Deke shows that were like cheap porn knockoffs that they didn't have to pay licensing to. So yeah, if if you worked on or the Hammerman show, I, I would love to talk to you. If you worked on the Hammerman show and you were animated it and you lived in uh, Korea in 1991, uh, you're probably what like 1920 by now. Um, please contact the show. Yeah, get at us. Wait, does that math even work now? No. Uh, you ready for... Uh, I'm staying with Deke and... What? On a Saturday morning? Right. Staying with Deke on a Saturday morning and also appearing on those DVDs and General Mills cereal boxes. Cereal boxes. My next pick. Oh, God. Back in 1991, Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson, and Wayne Gretzky were so popular, Deke decided to make a fucking cartoon about them. <laughs> do you remember this this bastard? I I do. So this, Absolutely, I do. This lasted uh, the least amount of episodes of all my shows. One season, 13 episodes, all pro stars lasted. Mainly because it was so goddamn hard. They did live action scenes and they made it seem like they're on the oh, same soundstage. Uh, but they never were. It was usually just Bo Jackson and, and Wayne Gretzky pretending to talk to each other from different sound stages, and the editing didn't line up. Michael Jordan was on like one <laughs> episode and they'd all wear these like, was, was the eyeline all off? And... Yeah, exactly. And uh-huh. they'd all wear uh, these Letterman jackets that said pro stars in their name, like Jordan and whatever. Uh, so it was, it was created by Douglas Booth um, to uh, be on ESPN because uh, particularly uh, the Bo Knows ad was huge at this time. And, mm-hmm. and the character referenced Bo Knows in every single fucking episode. <laughs> so Bo could cover both football and baseball while Jordan could cover basketball and Gretzky could cover hockey, the four big sports of the world. No one cares about soccer. I'm sorry if you like soccer. I shouldn't shit on soccer. Yeah. We have fans that like soccer. I don't particularly care for it, but I know how big it is. Know what? Know what I know about soccer? What's that, buddy? Uh, and uh, was it, Pele was sponsored by Reynolds Rep. Oh, that's pretty cool. This yeah. lasted from September fourteenth to December seventh, nineteen ninety-one. It must have been on enough for me because I caught it a lot. It was on NBC, and um, uh, it was on at nine thirty a.m. Uh, right after Captain N and Super Mario World. So of course we all saw this. Right, mm-hmm. you couldn't you, so you you, you it was ag- uh, up against Garfield, Tasmanian Beetlejuice. Garfield was already on its way out. Beetlejuice was uh, long in the tooth, and Tasmania was hard to catch on when you were that young because it was more adult humor. I like Tasmania. I did too. I I got into it later on, but Pro Stars I'd watch because uh, I was a huge Jordan fan, and it was on after Captain N and Super Mario World. Like I thought at that point, NBC owned shit. But then I'd you go, know what I think? Sorry, I, I don't mean there. Know what no, I ended up doing? What? I would watch this, and then I would only get like a couple minutes in, and then it would make me want to go play Jordan vs. Bird. 
Oh, okay, on Nintendo. Pro- yeah, I would actually dump out of the cartoon, and it would kind of, like, probably, market me into more Jordan. Probably when they went to see Mom, who was the, like, Jewish stereotype mother, who was kind of the <laughs> James Bond Q of the group. She'd have all mm-hmm. those, like, weird gadgets based on sports equipment for them to use. Uh, they'd kind of, like, spend all their free time at Mom's gym, and we I'm pretty sure they lived there. It was their headquarters. And, of course, there was Denise, who was the attractive young apprentice to Mom, and she wants to help the pro stars, but rarely makes an impact. And, of course, there was the neighbor, whose name was The Neighbor. He was the idiot who wore glasses and lived in the same neighborhood as the Pro Stars headquarter. And he always fell victim to the malfunctions of the Pro Stars, like gadgets. You know, all the TV tropes mm-hmm. you could possibly think of. Yeah. Like, why was Wayne Gretzky always hungry all the time? Because it was a TV trope. Why was Bo Jackson able to rip a tree trunk out of the ground and hit, knock a fucking robot out of the air with it? It's, it's, it's a fucking TV trope. 13 episodes, they managed to get a lot in. Uh, it wound up going on NBC instead of ESPN. It was supposed to be on ESPN, uh, but uh, it won on NBC, and it was obviously produced by Deke. Uh, and and uh, I think, I don't know how many for sure, but Michael Jordan was live action in like one or two episodes. It was mainly Gretzky and Bo Jackson. Uh, but oh, yeah. Town- Townsend Coleman was the voice of Wayne Gretzky. He was. Townsend Coleman was. There's also Michelangelo and. He has. A, he's been at RetroCon a few years when we were there. We just never got. To, oh. Um, I want to thank him for his service. Yeah, he's been. He he does a lot of DC direct movies. He's been in Doomsday, uh, New Frontier, The Dark Knight Returns. He played uh, uh, Maury and Abner. He was in the Lego Batman movie too as Commissioner Gordon. That movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it is really good. I watched it on a plane to Europe. It was, it was really good. Toot toot. I was waiting for it. Yeah, he uh, he was Nani in Frangoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he did so much in television. Darkwing Duck, Cat Dog, Camp Lazlo, uh, Earthworm Jim, Dino Riders, Dexter's Laboratory, yeah. Dave the Barbarian, Gravity Falls, Fraggle Rock. Mighty Ducks, Jam and the Holograms, Holly Holograms. Uh, but, you know, he could say his most famous role would be The Tick, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Or Michelangelo, probably. But he was so great as The Tick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wayne Gretzky. He was almost the same voice as Michelangelo was Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Uh, it's weird that that was like the third time we talked Townsend Coleman on the show. <laughs> Is it though? Because we we come across you know every, it, it it's interesting how many how these people like when you're kids you, you don't know who they are. Right. Well, that's the point. And They're you such... don't appreciate. You don't watch the credits as a kid, and now it's not even appreciate the you know us reliving it or us uh, pining for it, but. Us, us appreciating it and the people involved. Wind, water, heart, go play! By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet! Captain Planet! 
<laughs> this was your Turner product. Oh, absolutely. Good old Ted trying to save the world. Uh, one activist woman at a time. Yeah, I'm sure his wife, Hanoi Jane, had nothing to do with this. Oh, uh, no. Well, and I, I don't know. I don't want to imply, but Barbara Pyle uh, had a lot to do with this. She is... Uh, now, now she's actually on, on the board of the Captain Planet Foundation uh, and was formerly the VP of Environmental Policy at uh, TBS. Ah. Oh, ooh, the Deke. Or the... Uh, it was Deke. And the Turner Program Services uh, at the end. Uh-huh. Well, that was the Turner Program at the end. Um, yeah, so uh, this all goes back to so good old Teddy boy met uh, uh, Barbara Pyle, who was a photographer and environmentalist okay. and knew her shit. And then he brought this woman on to be uh, the head of basically save the environment at TBS and do some environmental programming and also clean up the company. And so it was quite ahead of its time for the 80s. I mean, this was, I mean, at before this, you had a. Uh, an Italian guy pretending to be an Indian and crying at some trash on the ground. Um, and Ironized they came Cody. up with the idea of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. You were talking um, about Ironized Cody, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, wasn't um, this 1990? What's that? Didn't this air in the ni- this was This was pure 90s, wasn't it? Uh, 90 to 96. Yeah, I thought. When you said 80s, I was like, wait. it was. A, it might have been developed in the 80s, but it was... This this show reeked of the nineties. Oh no no she I'm sorry she was hired in in early eighties and TBS and all the Turner stations were doing their environmental thing throughout the eighties. Okay, got it. Uh, and then that's what kind of prompted the idea of launching uh, Captain Planet. They started production in this in eighty nine, and she brought on Nick Boxer, who was an environmentalist, environmental producer, and then also uh, Tom Beers who, if you watch anything on a Discovery Channel that involves Alaska, boats, and oceans, this guy's a goddamn producer on it. He's also a, a big voiceover guy. He he actually voiced over the original pilot for uh, uh, Crab Guys, uh, Deadliest Catch. Um, okay. And then went on to produce it and stuff like that. So he's, he's a... Big legit producer. The guy is a very busy man, uh, and very influential right now in the business. And uh, if he's listening, I really appreciate your work, sir. And uh, you can reach me at squeezer at radyears.com if you need anyone to, you know, you know, launch out on a boat somewhere with a camera strapped to him. I'm good. Um. Anyway, Captain Planet. Uh, his job is to well, he's saves the planet. He 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 is a, a mystical being. Let's just say look, how do I do this? I'm I'm trying to be all politically correct here. What can I say? He's a Terran Spectre summoned by witchcraft by the will of five latchkey kids who don't understand the, the corporate interests in the economy. That's what it's about. <laughs> you cost jobs, Captain Planet. What what okay? else we need coal. We need to dump our chemicals. You're getting in our way. In nineteen ninety, yeah. Now, 
We still do, but we pretend like we, we don't. Captain Planet, we need you. Yeah, we need Captain Planet now more than ever. You don't need magic powers. You just need to like get a microphone and go, hey, listen, you're killing me. Squeezer, what aired with this on TBS? Was oh, it I didn't other get all fancy and pull up the schedule? Was it other synd? Oh, was it other syndicated? I was I, like. Well, Captain Planet wasn't syndicated. Pla- Captain Planet was produced by by Turner for right, TBS. Right, right. But was it syndicated stuff? But uh, I, I'll, I'll look I it up. You keep telling you us hand. about it. You keep telling us about Captain. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, in my mind, because I'm a very visual person. I always saw Captain Planet as just Earth's MacGyver, because I thought he looked a hell of a lot like Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> am am no, I right? You got it. Fine. All right, thank you. Um, I'm about to go through, and 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 so because Ted had some pull and Ted had some friends, and put together quite a cast. Uh, for Captain Planet. This might be the biggest... We've talked a lot of movies on this show, right? Yes. Um, And pretty much anything with Jeff Goldblum in it means it's one of the greatest cast to ever exist on the Rad Year show, right? Yes. This is no different. Yes. I will proceed. All right. Then. So he called in some favorites. So uh, Kwame, you know, Earth, that's LeVar Burton. Uh, Wheeler ended up being uh, Joey Diido, who is a voice actor and went on to do uh, E2 Mama Tam. I don't know, you won a bunch of awards and shit like that. Um, uh, Linka, our, our commie friend with the wind, okay. uh, that's Kath Susie, who look her up, is does voice work. And you know what? Let's go, to, we'll go down this wormhole now, too. Uh, Kath Susie. Absolutely everything you can possibly imagine. I mean, she was uh, Bimbets in, in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, she was Fifi and, and for Tiny Toons. She was Lola in Space Jam. We've all had feelings for Lola. We all had feelings for Lola. Um, going on that route. And then uh, just every every direct-to-video, every cartoon, every just a ton of voice work. Um, my my little pony, pound puppies, and then she also took over the role of Janine, uh, in the later season of uh of Ghostbusters of the real the real Ghostbusters, um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Darkwing Duck, uh, Space Cats, James Bond Jr. Goof Troop, uh, Little Mermaid, uh, Street Sharks, um, it was just very busy. She's an absolutely Powerhouse thing, powerhouse. As Kevin Smith um, would call a big bucket of wind. Uh, yeah, there you go. I got uh, I got the scoop squeezer on Saturday okay, mornings on TBS. If you want to hear it, so fr- from 1990 to 92, the the first run of the series made by Deke, it was basically like Cartoon Network's preamble. So it was like Merry Melodies. So there was a lot of um. Oh, that's right, because they owned all that stuff. Right, they bought Hanna Barbera. They bought Barbera. So there was Flintstones, Scooby Doo, Jetson, Looney Tunes, and then in '92 when they launched uh, Cartoon Network, they got rid of all of that. They canceled Captain America, made by Deke, relaunched it, made by Hanna Barbera, as a yes. new Adventures of Captain America. Yep. Uh, the animation style changed. 
I'm sorry, it's a Vermont sharp cheddar. If anyone's curious, but but it all it all happened because of Cartoon Network, uh, which was all owned yeah. by Turner. Yeah, it was actually uh, uh, part way through the second and third season. Uh, they they purchased Hanna Barbera and then they switched uh, animation over uh, to Hanna Barbera. Yeah. So I was into Squeeze of the Toys a lot of this. I, I didn't really watch the show ever. Oh really? Oh, I was. I didn't. I had a Captain Planet. I bought at a yard sale. Oh, I didn't own any um, of the toys. I was into looking at them at the store. Oh. Okay. There was tons of fucking toys, and I think Tiger made them all right. Yes. And it was tricky because part of it was um, the uh, environmental aspect of the show. Right. They wanted to make sure that all the merchandise for the show was created sustainably. <laughs> there yeah. was there was like it's a, not exactly the it's not exactly the He Man model. No, there was a billion toys though. There was tons of cool toys. And one that I remember looking at at, at the Lanco toy section was this. Oh, here we go. We're talking. Oh, hang on. You got the bingo card out. I'm, I'm one away. I'm one away. <laughs> was this Captain Planet uh, light and sound planetary power ring that had a battery in it and like uh, uh, had the, the, the. Oh, of course you wanted the cosplay shit. Of course I wanted the cosplay shit. It had the five uh, element elemental things that you could put in the ring and it made lights and sounds and it had like a little holder for it. I looked at this and it was I wanted it so bad, but I didn't really know Oh, Schmuffin, you're back in here. She, she runs in here and like she gallops like a horse, but she's a kitty. Uh Schmuffin, we're coming up in an hour on this show. Don't slow us down. We're coming up actually on two hours. We're, we're past two hours. But yeah, I, I thought I always I always admired the toy line of this of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I only had a uh, a Captain Planet secondhand. Um, and his little globy thing, uh, lit up. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but to sustain, uh, uh, to sustain the environment, they put batteries in all the toys. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Watch batteries. But they were printed on recycled paper. So the cardboard backs. (coughs) Sorry. Um, no, they, they just, they just bought up all of the, um, uh, Robin Hood action figures opened them up, ripped out the Kevin Costers and stuck in uh, Captain Planets and then just painted over them by hand. I'm thinking right now, uh, Marble Set. Um, there Was there a Marble Set? I couldn't tell you about Marbles. that. It was. How do you spell Marble, Squeezer? Like Marble, like the game Marbles? Marbles, yeah. M-A-R-B-L-E? L-E, that's how I had it, Marbles Set. Uh, I'm doing weird side shifty eyes. Like, why didn't you? I'm getting nervous here. Why? What? Because I don't know how to spell marbles. You know marbles. how to spell marbles. It's it's me. Of course, I don't know how to spell marbles. Um, not seeing it. I I thought I remember yeah, seeing. Yeah, I probably would have called it marbles. Yeah, that's what I, I think I spell it. I I thought I remember as a kid seeing a mar like marbles, big marbles that were all the elements, but. Mm. I'll have to I'll have to do more research, but uh, continue. Finish up with Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain. All right. Any, anyway, so so Planet, Captain Planet, voiced by uh, <laughs> David Marvel. Coburn, uh-huh. uh, and then the follow up we had uh, Janish Kawai and uh, Scott Menville as Guy and uh, Mati, our uh, our water and heart. But uh, and here is where like uh, a good old Teddy boy calls in the chips. 
uh, uh, Gaia, you know, who like the boss, the the Zordon of the Planeteers. Of course. Uh, good old uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who you would know from such famous films as Theodore Rex. Right. Big film. Um, big movie. And and she uh, she voiced uh, Gaia for uh, the first couple seasons, and then uh, Margot Kidder finished it out the series. Rest in peace. Yes, Cat Catwoman uh, was Mother Earth. Now here's where it gets really good, though. Our villains, Margot Kidder. Our villains. Margot Kidder was Lois Lane. Was it Margot? Oh, what am I thinking of? Yeah, Eartha Kitt. You're I'm thinking, thinking of Eartha, Eartha Kitt. Kitt. Margot Kidder was right. Lois Lane. Yeah. Right, my bad. All right, shut up, Spencer. That's you. You screwed up the Marv Albert Seinfeld and Margot Kidder. Yeah, I think you should. What's that? The we talked about it last week. The Japanese, where you you fall on your sword and kill yourself. Uh, Soka. Um, see, I'm even gonna screw that up now too. (laughs) So I should just you know, eat my Vermont cheddar cheese, my store brand, Vermont sharp cheddar. Fall on sword. I gotta kill the pain. Give me a second. Let me kill the pain. People want the cheese episode, Squeezer. Tell them what cheese you're I eating. I know. I haven't been able to really. I've been. Tell them what the cheese is. They want. They want to hear about the cheese. It's a Vermont sharp cheddar. It's a little on the dry side, slightly crumbly. It's nice, but uh, it's got a creamy texture to it. Nutty. Quite a bit. Hmm. Hang on. Let me go. On the palate. There's a podcast for this, and a fat kid eat cheese. Delicious. delicious. Not going to get this anywhere else, folks. Yeah, nutty. Mm-hmm. All right. So, of all your villains, Hoggish Greedley, Ed Asner, uh, Duke Nukem, uh, no. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, lawsuits. Yeah, no, they changed um, it to Duke Nuke M until they realized they had no copyright. And, yeah, uh, Seppuka. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, Harakiri. Yeah. Harakiri. Yes, but yeah. Harakiri is the the uh, uh, vulgar word for it. it means yeah. uh, stomach slitting. Uh, played by Dean Stockwell. Uh, Doctor Blight, the first season, played by Meg Ryan. Oh wow! Uh, Loot and plundered. Play, uh, voiced by uh, James Coburn. Uh, Sly Sludge, Martin fucking Sheen, Zarm. So, so Billionaire Ted just made the show to give a little extra money to his friends. He's like, well, if I'm going to... I don't even think it was to give them money. He probably called in the chips. Like, he was like, hey, motherfucker. You want to go back to Saigon? You get over here and you do Sly Sludge for a little bit. Zarm was Sting. Sting. What? Uh, what from Steve? the police oh, in 1990. I thought you were talking for... Steve Borden Sting. That no, one... no, no. Sting. From 1990 to 1992 was Sting. Who's David Warner? Do I, why don't I know that? Hang on. Because there's another name. Oh, shit. I know David Warner. Okay. Yeah. He's a really good actor, too. All right, yeah, he also played Zarm. And then guess who played Zarm from 1994 to 1995? Malcolm McDowell. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. Oh, yeah, well, that would only be here. And then guess what? Guess who plays... Wait, where is it? I lost it. Oh, Vermunius Scum in the first season. 
Um, I already said it. Go ahead. Ian Malcolm. All right, yeah. Jeff Goldblum is the voice of Verminius Scum. And then eventually Maurice LaMarche takes over. He did like all the other voices on the show and every other show in existence as well. Is there uh, uh, eventually going to be... Uh, making the Brain, Real Ghostbusters. He was Egon, you know, and he also did Orson Welles on Futurama. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was... Is there uh, eventually going to be show, pollution that, on this pollution show? I was trying to do an Ian Malcolm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you got toys, you got comics, you got video games, re-releases and stuff. Um, somewhere there's a movie out there in development. With uh, War Machine at, at as one Captain point, Planet, right? DiCaprio was involved in this. I thought War Machine was. Didn't you ever see that video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Cheadle playing Captain Planet. So mm-hmm. fucking great. I think it's funny or die. Yeah. No. Um, but, uh, no, it, it, it's somewhere somewhere out there. And, and there's actually a number of shows. We'll go back and hopefully they make this in time that we, we do our, I want to do our, our reboot, uh, our reboot episode. Reboot failures. What's that? Root. Did you, did you want to pitch reboot failures or did you just want to pitch reboot? No, 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 no. just reboot. And, and we discuss the idea is so you, you take a, a series like that existed when we were kids and then got rebooted now. And we discuss whether or not it, it should have been rebooted or not. Which one was better, the original or the new one? Or they're both equally. And I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to be talking Muppet Babies on that one. All right, fair enough. Because there's new Muppet Babies out there, and I'm not going to say much more than that, but if you got kids or you got some free time on your hand you like some good-ass animation, some good writing, go watch goddamn Muppet Babies. I guess I kind of gave that one away. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, well, you'll hear more on our... Eventually, we'll get to it. We'll get to that. And I, I, it's just an excuse for me to talk about how fucking awesome Battlestar Galactica is. Okay, uh, I think it's time for my last pick, isn't it? I mean, we're four hours into this. I should get to Are my Are we there pick. already? Yeah. I covered... Ah, this, this flew. This I, show flew. It did. It was fun. I covered CBS Squeezer. I covered First Run Syndication. I covered ABC. I covered NBC. Time for Fox. Squeezer, would you believe this show, Bobby's World, ran on Fox for eight seasons? Are you serious? Eight seasons for 81 episodes. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched the shit out of it. Don't get me wrong. I love me Bobby's World. Ran from 1990 to 1998 on Fox Kids. It was created by... I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's just created by Howie Mandel. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, he voiced Bobby and Howard, generic. Generic. Yeah. Generic. Don't you know? Don't you know? 
It was done by Film Roman, uh, who actually had a pretty decent pedigree. Uh, Film Roman started with Garfield and Friends, um, did the Mighty Max show, uh, the Mask Mask animated series. I watched watched Mighty Max, I'm not going to lie. No, so did I. Um, It it did uh, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. Remember that cartoon? I do. Remember the Twisted Tales of Felix the Cat? The Baby Huey show? Mother Goose and Mother Goose and Grimm and I uh, loved for, that. I absolutely loved that show. That was one of my favorites. Mother Goose and Grimm. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, that was that was like adult kind of, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was MGM Television. Uh, so yeah, and then of course, Film Roman is most popular for three shows, which we talk about almost every week on this show. The Simpsons, King of the Hill, and Family Guy. Yeah, not so much Family Guy, but it's weird that we don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I there's a, I have an appreciation for Family Guy. Sure. I love it, and mm. it was funny. It's just, I, 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 whereas The Simpsons, you can watch over and over again, is quotable and quotable. Like Family Guy is so offensive in its way that you kind of use it as a weapon, and it hits hard, and then that's it. Well, Family Guy is basically like a television version of our podcast with all the non sequiturs and whatnot. It's hard to like get an actual storyline out of it. That's a good point. Yeah. Remember that time, and then right. you know, uh, the King of the Hill is, though. It, the entire running of King of the Hill was done by Film Roman. So, mm-hmm. and of course, that's on my top five favorite shows of all time. And I think you could finish. You could call out Bingo for RK Bingo for mentioning King of the Hill. Oh, I got King of the Hill. Bingo has been called. Oh, uh, I, I got one more. I got one more. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see if I'll get it. Um, so I would mention that uh, Howie Mandel had a contract with uh, Columbia Pictures in the 80s, uh, which was run by uh, John Peters and Peter Gruber. Uh, you can Bingo! read more of that. Sorry, I knew, I knew, I knew that's what you were. He didn't. He did not. I just had to get that in because I knew. Hit and run the the book. That's what you're waiting for to get RK Bingo. Uh, but the want the meat basket. <laughs> I, I I went to Catholic school. We had turkey bingo and ham bingo. Turkey bingo at Thanksgiving and ham bingo at Easter. Favorite two times of the year. I love those. Uh, the generic family, uh, generic. Uh, I I can't say. Any member of this family without calling them generic first and then saying generic because that was like a running joke in the show. But Uncle Ted, I always wanted Uncle Ted. I never wanted Aunt Ruth. And, and um, I just think that there's a reason why this, it, this show was so adult and, and funny and subversive. I, I think it's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was really good. You can't hate on Bobby's World. Uh, it's streamed on Netflix. Uh, Amazon Prime, I think, had it too. But um, if you haven't ever watched Bobby's World, just go back and give it a look. It's really good. It's it's yeah. it's bookended every episode by like a live action Howie Mandel and and like a cartoon Bobby. There was, Bobby, yeah, and much much better than the MC Hammer and kids. Oh yeah, Bobby was like funny and would make fun of Howie. And it was it was great. Uh, there was a video game for Super Howie N- has a big head of hair on him. 
Oh yeah, Howie look. Uh, uh, Howie has a big like fro, but Bobby had hair that looked like mine as a kid. Like I, we all as a kid identified <laughs> with Bar- Bobby. Yep. And like his, his imagination, so it was a really, uh, and and like nothing makes me feel more '90s and more like happy about Saturday mornings in Bobby's world. This might be my favorite, and it wasn't maybe my. It might have been my most watched. I don't know, but it it it's it still. I know it went from '90 to '98, but it, it's still. Fuck, and it it was always rerun when I was in college on Fox Family. Uh, yeah, so we'd, yeah we'd, I, it was one of those. Even when you started tapping out, you would still tune in. Yeah, okay. Bobby's World is on. Let's watch like let's watch four hours of Bobby's World at eleven o'clock at night. Okay, mm-hmm. why not? Uh, and um, Pam Segal, who uh, Pamela Adlon, she uh, voiced Bobby in um, King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. And she did Spinelli and Recess, and she's got that show with Louie. Louie, I think, does her sh- her own show now, I think, right? Better Things is produced by Louie. Uh, uh, I'd have to... He was, she was in Louie. She is so freaking great. She... Um, uh, was a voice... She was one... Like, all the best voice actors worked on this show... Uh, it's just th- that community, and when you find out like who worked on who, um, Rob Paulson from Animaniacs is on this, uh, Susan Tolsky <coughs> is on this, Gary Owens is on this, uh, Pauly Shore did Kelly's boyfriend. Remember George? Yep. yep. Hey, Bobby. He didn't even fucking put on a fucking. No, it was it was Pauly Shore. Pauly Shore, yeah. Frank and even w- as a kid, you're like, hey, that's Pauly Shore. The, the the genius of Frank Welker from Transformers mm-hmm. was the voice of the dog, Roger, on this show. <laughs> like, I mean, and I, I think the star of the show was always Gail uh, Mathias, who played the yes. mom. Don't you know? Don't you know, she was Bobby? That Miss Wed Western, and I love it. I mean, um, Enchantress is from Toledo, and she's got the Midwestern accent. I love it. Uh, and um, uh, she was on Saturday Night Live. Uh, mm-hmm. she was yeah, about uh, early '80s. Early '80s, yeah. Really funny, funny lady. Uh, and she's from South Dakota, so that's why she got put on the Don't You Know Bobby. Oh, that's perfect. What are you doing? Yeah, it, and 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 in hindsight, you look back as an adult after seeing Fargo and then seeing Bobby's World, and you can't help but try to meld the two together into a <laughs> right. Cohen Brothers version of Bobby's World. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, she's so good. No, is that just me? No, I, I get what, exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Actually, I could see a Coen Brothers version of all my childhood cartoons. It's much sadder than all of them. I would like to see a Coen Brothers version of your last pick. I didn't even know this was on your list, and I'm happy it is. Oh. You added this last About minute, t- right? Uh, no, this was, uh, my, after, after Filmation Ghostbusters, this is my second pick because it's been way too long until we talked about this. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time and we get, we're getting to it right now. So without further ado, this was a big part of the eighties in our childhood. Oh, 
I'm not. Uh -oh. Thunder, thunder, Thundercats, ho! I was more of a Panther fan myself, believe it or not. <laughs> I was a Snarf fan. Snarf for life. <laughs> snarf. Snarf, that, snarf. That's like my go- I'm actually teaching little Squeezette just to- Snarf. We have a real life on. Snarf in our crew, Jake, our friend Jake. Yes, he really is a Snarf. <laughs> yeah. He's never seen the show. He, he's like 200 years old. Right. But he, he- he- well, he looks 200 years old. Yes. He is a real life Snarf. And-, and he provides the comedic relief, and he is a snarf. But yeah, tell us what you. I, did you like the action figures with the, like the the car charger things that you plugged into their back to make them light up? I honestly never had a first run Thundercat toy. Oh, we did. Well, I mean, I, did you ever first run any toy? Uh, no, my my. Well, my aliens, because no, oh, yeah, you had a lot. What am I like thinking? You were spoiled. Uh, no, my my GI Joes, my Ninja Turtles, all came in. But in you had boxes. you had tons of secondhand toys. Oh, ton. Yeah, we were big. Uh, that, that's why I had so much because we would like half the fun was just going to yard sales and hunting. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I picked up some Thundercats. We were the Thundercat figures were about the size of like a Barbie doll. Mm -hmm. Not really, but they felt like that. Roughly, there. I would say they were on the lines of uh, Brave Star, maybe. They were a little bigger, maybe. They're big. All right, somewhere in between. And they had the they. Well, the, maybe maybe just Brave Star was short. You took a red plug that looked like the end of a car charger for your phone, mm -hmm. and you plugged it into the back of them, and like their eyes would light up or something would light. Their chest would light up. Yeah. Yeah, they they um, were awesome. Out of all of them, I would actually the cosplay because. All I wanted was a Sword of Omens. Of course. Because it's just the most badass toy ever. And I would make my own, like, like you know, um, Tigra had his bola. Like, the, the rope with the three balls at the end, that, that was his deal. So, like, right. I would make that. Even though he wasn't my favorite character, I thought he was a smug dick. Um, yeah, that was, like, my go-to. And I would just, I would run around... With a rope with three like heavy balls, I don't know what the hell I would do, um, and then just whip it around at you know golf balls, and I would drill through golf balls and make like a bola out of them and pretend I was a thundercat. It was probably pretty dangerous. And I, I'm amazed I haven't replaced more windows in my life than I probably should have. I all of us are, and and all that we we have very limited brain damage. All of us. Well. For the most part. Um, so, and, and it's interesting because you say I'm not. I, I say I'm not a fan of. We, you joked earlier when I said something about uh, uh, what the hell did I say? I don't know. You said a lot of things. We've been talking for almost three hours on air. Has it really been that long? Well, we started with, without all the p edits. We connected. We have tiny bladders. We connected folks. at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. It is 1.37 a.m. So Look at that. do the math. 10 to 11. 11, we started recording. 11 to 12. 12 to 1. We've been talking on the internet, through the internet, for three hours, three, three and a half hours and seven minutes. It's the future. <laughs> oh, anyway, I mentioned uh, Ghost in the Shell earlier, and you said something about that. Like, nah, uh, and I'm not. And, and I said I'm still not ready like, for Ghost in the Shell. Have you seen it, though? No, I, I'm not the biggest it, anime fan. I'm not either, but it's one of the ones you should check out. It's good. Just don't watch the movie with the, the, the white, white lady. The whitewashing. Yeah. It's kind of weird. 
Uh, oh, it, it, it's like Huck Finn whitewashed less than that. Um, read the book. He paints fences. Um, we know. What? That he paints fences. Enchantress isn't a fan of, of Miss Black Widow. What? Yeah, she doesn't like her too much. She's a big Black Widow fan. And I guess if you're a Black Widow fan, yeah, Scarlett Johansson know, doesn't bring a done, whole lot to the table. But, you gotta yeah. draw you gotta get a name in yeah. there. So it's And it's kind of shoehorned in for Iron Man Two and I don't think they knew what they were gonna do Avengers and Is that why she doesn't have her own solo yet? See, I, I think she deserves one. And with the right movie and the right script. Absolutely. It's all about the right script. You can't go all out, you know, action pack. You got to go. Uh, you can't even go Winter Soldier. It's got to be. A, it's got to be like an Ant-Man. It's got to be a spy. It's got to be a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, exactly. It's be a thriller. Like where she's it's got to be like the beginning of uh, of uh, which Avengers movie where she's getting interrogated. Is it two? And she's like, I got them where I want them. Like, that's got to be the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you gotta you gotta downplay the powers of everyone else to upplay her abilities. Right, because you know exactly. you can't just have Falk come in and start smashing everything. No, she has to be. It has to be all about. A, it has to be a game of wits and a game of skill. You know, maybe throw a Punisher in there. That would be pretty sick. Yeah. Anyway, so Thundercats, who we haven't talked about in two years of this show, have we? I, no, I think you're right. It can't be. Well, let's say it is. I mean, I'm sure it's come up. I'm sure we said snarf from snarf, time snarf. to time. But to, to actually hear the, the the theme, oh, it's so it's just refreshing. Um, to, created by Tobin Wolf. Isn't that ironic that hmm. Thundercats was created by a guy named Wolf? Dogs okay. creating cats. And, and, and crickets. No, I, I, I sold it. Dogs, a, a guy with named after a dog creating a, a show about... Yeah, you, you sold it, but everyone else at home... Ooh, ooh. Everyone put a sweatshirt on. They got such <laughs> douche bills. Um, dude, this guy was a World War II vet. All right, He lost part of his leg in the Battle of the Bulge. Went to work for a bunch of tech companies in like the 50s and the 60s. Invented a ton of shit, including a portable uh, record player. That was one of his, like, patents. He's got a shit ton of patents. And then he's just like, you know what? I created the Thundercats. And he went and he pitched it. And then leave it to Rankin Bass and their, you know, claymation animated uh, Rudolph buddy. Uh, at that point, they needed something. So they went with, the, they went with Thundercats. Thundercats. So, Thundercats. So, so, so Mr. Tobin Wolf. Thank you for your service in both the Battle of the Bulge and for giving us Thundercats. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you uh, think? Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day. What? Which? What? The holiday. What? Thank you. What is your opinion? And I'm going to tell you before you say anything that I love it of the 2019 Thundercats Roar uh, show coming, the animation style, particularly. Um. People. It's different. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, what's that, Steve Austin? It looks like a, your everyday Cartoon Network show, and yeah, but I it's think getting a ton of hate, right? People fucking hate it. But I, you, it's it's if if any if you would pick anybody you know who would love this, 
Who would it be? Your answer is me. That, that, this this has Ryan written all over it. Oh yeah. Why? Well, because well, it doesn't take itself seriously, and you don't. You have a problem with feelings. <laughs> I don't. Whereas but... I, I would love to go even darker. But to be fair, it's hard to go darker than the the eighty five version of Thundercats. Right. It's there's there's really, no that's darker as mature you can go. as you yeah, can get for a cartoon exactly. outside of traditional. Japanese anime, which ironic, I, the reason I brought up the anime earlier was th- this really is Japanese anime because it was outsourced and right. it was all it was developed, it, it was drawn in Japan, and there's a lot of influence in the animation carries into the writing. I'm excited for Thundercats Roar. I, I'm definitely well, gonna watch it. I'll check it out. It looks oh, like what's course. that, Steve Awesome or whatever that show is. I'm probably screwing it up, and I, I I'm not trying to disparage it. I've never watched it. I just know of its style. It's a card. Oh, Steve, awesome. No, it's not Steve, awesome. <laughs> what are the Cartoon Network show? Cartoon Network. Steve Austin. Stone Cold. No, Steve. Steven Universe. It looks like Steven Universe. Oh. And Adventure yeah, Time. Yeah, it's you know animation styles change. Over time, um, I know I I'm partial to the original. Even even the relaunch, I thought there there was something very rich and and the the animation at the time matched the story very well, especially like Mumra. Mumra was finally and I you know I love a villain and I wanted to get to this earlier, but I'm finally getting here. And as much as I, I, I love G.I. Joe. I absolutely adore G.I. Joe. I want to just strangle Cobra Commander for his gross incompetence. Um, even like like Shredder has his moments where I just want to, get your shit together. Hire some good people. You can't just hire a bunch of bums off the street and expect them to do good work for you. Right. Um, just because they're, they're out of luck and, and doesn't mean that they know how to be villains. You know, in the villain business. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mumra was something special. Mumra was pure evil. And like he was a spirit, he, he was kept alive by pure evil. The, the, the evil spirits using him. And, and you almost thought, and in hindsight, I look back at Mumra. Mumra's the victim in all this. He just wants to die. He just wants to be a dead mummy. It's the spirits that keep bringing him back and possessing him and using him to be like, hey, get your ass up out of bed and do something evil. Like, what was that? That was a microphone falling off the GameCube. Oh. Did you ever watch the hardcore anime series from 2011? It was on hardcore. Cartoon Network. It was it was very anime-ish. Hang on. I will. I never watch it. I'm just looking at it now. Wow, this is it was in the tsunami block. Looks like 2010, 2000, yeah, 2011 through 2012. One season, 26 episodes. Uh, you type in hardcore anime and you get some weird search results. <laughs> I uh, yeah, probably just it. It uh, looks like it said combined West elements of Western animation just. Like as much as the first show looked like anime, this is this really took an anime turn. Oh, oh, the 
The Thundercats you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, why didn't you just say that? Rather than make me Google something awful that's going to be burned in my skull. What were we no, talking yes, about? I. Oh, that's what we were talking about. It's true. Um, no, yeah, I, there's a, a big difference there. It is very in the more modern. Um, there, but there's something I, like there, Snarf it just looks felt like, like there's something edgy this. about it. Yeah. There, there was something edgy about the original animation that I just, I just loved, and it fits so well with the characters. And it felt like it was a more mature show, even with the snarf in there, and and Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat. Like it, it still felt like a more mature show than a lot of what else you were watching. It didn't have all. It didn't have the the slapstick of um, uh, Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters. Right. And it's not an insult to them because they are cornerstones of my Saturday morning. But but Thundercats was something. Like you felt it didn't have the slapstick of He-Man. Like He-Man was very slapstick. I loved it, but it was very slapstick. True. Well, especially yeah. I mean, its villain was when, a fucking buffoon. Yeah, every single one of them, and that's why, and that's why I loved Mumra because he was such a bad. He was a, a real villain. Like this was a guy that will give you a hard ass time. Hard ass time. Even though I still believe that it. it it should be a Mumra show. I think he was as badass as Ganondorf from the Legend of Zelda series. Yes, that is, and he—he's the guy that, and he would. When did you see Skeletor go and go hand to hand with He Man? Never. Thank you. Guess what? Mumra goes in and he goes. Guess what, Lionel? I'm gonna go all fucking cotton wraps on your ass, <laughs> you know, and and they go at it. And in, in the bad way, not the good way. In the bad, in in the, yes, in the bad. Well, and some music. consider a bad way, but we don't want to judge everything. No, uh, whatever you're into, it's cool. Uh, that was it. That was ten fucking good shows. We went almost three hours on Saturday morning cartoon squeezer. Well, we went two hours on Saturday morning cartoons. One hour of us just rambling incessantly. No, I think a half hour of that was uh, us like going over schedules of Saturday morning cartoons. That counts. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I like I, a loophole when I can get one. I want to let everyone know to check out State. I mean, I know I haven't written I, I, a lot of blogs in the last. We've been busy. I, I, but if you haven't been to RadioEars.com, check it out. Our summer vacation is wrapping up. We're going to move on to Halloween soon. Uh, you could read about me going to see old movies at drive-in theaters. Uh, newspaper clippings from our old local newspaper. My childhood, childhood obsession with Ghostbusters, how I spent summer nights watching Thunder in Paradise because I was obsessed with Hulk Hogan. Uh, read about me getting sick in the summer, uh, having the bubblegum amoxicillin squeezer, you remember that. Mm-hmm. And um, just riding bikes all day, going to the mall, and having super soaker battles on radiers.com. And obviously, it's going to go roll right into our Halloween event. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore rad underscore years, and you'll see us post everything about everything we talked about here and also cool rad shit. Uh, Halloween stuff's coming out now. I got a lot of Halloween cereal squeezes you see on my story that I've been posting. Uh-huh. Uh, busy boy. Uh, kind of reminder to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or your I- Apple iPhone, whatever the fuck it's called now, podcast app. If you like the show, it's the easiest way to help us out, and it costs nothing to do, and it really helps us get the show out there. And 
If you have nothing to add, Squeezer, I think we should leave it to the professionals. Hey, 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 Gordon Shumway, I don't suck. Yeah. Okay. Whoever the Gordon Shumway, what is it, 81? Uh, 310. 310. Man, you're the fucking We won't best. give it the added, but hey, I don't suck. Oh, all right, I suck. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Thanks for listening, buddy. Uh, but, uh, you made I, me I asked for people to email me, and they did. He did. Uh, so, that makes me feel good. Uh, you can't believe how excited I am. I'm like, oh, I got it. Oh, I suck. In my eyes, you never suck. Let's uh, leave it to the professional squeezer and to end the show. How about it? Yeah, let's, let's leave him on a good message. As people take up more land for their own use, less is left for plants and animals. Every day, over a hundred species become extinct. You can help stop this loss. Don't buy exotic animals taken from the wild. That way, poachers will have no reason to capture them. And urge your parents and friends to support laws, like the U.S. Endangered Species Act, that protect our natural treasures. The power is yours! <laughs>